morning, good morning. It is a Monday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. I am Glenn Clark. He is Griffin. We've got much to do on a Monday. Of course, big news yesterday. Would have been nice if it happened before I did three hours of radio in the afternoon, including a part where Rita and I were screaming about, or I was screaming about. about John Rom's comeback? Yeah, that was the that was the big one. Um, where I was screaming about how the Ravens hadn't done anything this offseason. I'm going to have a greater conversation about the reflection of this at some point. But obviously it's something. Something. Much much needed something the Baltimore Ravens have done. Um, coming up, we are going to check in with our friend Brian McFarlane. Of course, salary cap guru for Russell Street Report. We will uh, have him explain how this works with the Ravens doing a contract structured so uniquely to have base salary down how voidable years work, what the long-term penalty is, all those sort types of things, he'll join us in a bit. Also coming up this morning, we're going to check in with DeMarco Farr. The last time we saw Odell Beckham play, it was with the L.A. Rams, and, you know, he looked pretty good, which is weird because he hadn't looked pretty good for a year and a half ahead of that. But we're going to figure out what made it work, and is it possible it could work again here in Baltimore? DeMarco Farr, Rams uh Radio analyst is going to check in with us, former Super Bowl champion. And Jeremy Kahn will join us like he does every Monday in a few minutes. We're scheduled to be joined by Ken Francis, who, of course, is Lamar Jackson's business partner on the complete gym. But he says... The entire gym. Entire Is that what it is? The yes, entire gym? The entire gym. He's the, C- the, he the CEO. I don't think it was the, the complete gym. What, mm. I, what, I don't know that. Well, it's the, entire, it's the complete entire gym. All right. Here, look, gym. it's irrelevant. The com- what, which one is it? The it's entire the, gym. It is the entire the gym. The entire gym. Yes. It's going to go well. We'll talk to... Uh, He's the CEO. Ken Francis in a bit. Thank you. Thank you. Now, what you came here for is this thing right behind me. Ooh. Lightning, this is what you came for. Is that what the <laughs> lyric? Lightning strikes every time. So what's the first word? <laughs> this is what you came for. Lightning strikes every time she moves. I don't remember the deal. Uh, 61% was what the number read the other day. It's bleak on Friday. The Lamar meter is brought to you by Glory Days Grill. And today, I'm giving you the opportunity to win a $25 gift card to Glory Days Grill. You tell me where you think the Lamar meter should read after this dramatic news and why. And why? A lot of you struggling with that part of it. Just getting some numbers back. I hear you. But there is a two-part to this. Now, um, let me take a minute here. I'm writing about Odell Beckham, and we'll have more time during the course of the show to talk about Odell Beckham specifically. This portion of the program is the other side of the conversation, which is how does Odell Beckham impact Lamar Jackson? Most of you seem to think it impacts it significantly. Understandably so. Not only were they on a uh, FaceTime call pretty quickly after the uh, deal got done, you've probably seen the video already today. They went out clubbing last night to celebrate. I I don't, I mean, I don't know. I guess maybe they're both in South Florida. I I have no idea where the the two of them are. They got together last night and they were out somewhere enjoying now being quote unquote teammates. But although, of course, we don't know that yet, we just, we have reason to think that's the case. There's no way around it, right? Like, that type of stuff, to me, is more impactful even than the news of the signing. 
the news of the signing alone, you could sort of lay out, hey, look, whoever's playing quarterback, they need somebody better to throw the football to, and Odell Beckham might be that. So even if you thought the Ravens were prepared to move on to a rookie quarterback or prepared to move on to, you know, Mac Jones in a trade with the Patriots, you would say, but that guy would need a better player to throw the football to. So that signing alone doesn't tip the scales. What I would say is that the way the Ravens structured the deal certainly makes you say they sure as F should not be doing this for Mac Jones. They sure as F should not be doing this for a rookie quarterback that may or may not be good. The idea that you're going to put in voidable years and spread cap hits out over years. Clearly, if you didn't think it was going to be Lamar Jackson, you just take the cap hit right now. You're keeping the cap space in order to make sure that you have Lamar Jackson. The Ravens are very much operating under that feeling. The question becomes more appropriately if you believe that this has been done in order to appease Lamar Jackson, the real question becomes, is that because they think they can still get him signed long-term or they're just trying to convince him to actually show up this year and play under the tag if he doesn't agree to a long-term deal? And that Odell Beckham could be the difference in him saying, all right, I'll acquiesce, I'll show up. Don't have those answers. Don't know. But certainly, everything that we've seen so far would suggest Lamar Jackson intends to play football with Odell Beckham in Baltimore this season. The Ravens have always intended for Lamar Jackson to be their quarterback this season. So those two maths put together will indeed lead to the highest reading that we've ever seen in Lamometer history. Lamarometer. I did it the other way around. See what I did there? Yeah, thank you. Appreciate it. Started at sixty-one percent over so, the weekend. Are we gonna get a? Are we gonna get a, a B minus right here. Ooh, above eighty. Oh my goodness. Is that gonna be ninety? Ninety percent. Holy cow! Ninety percent is the number. Ninety percent is the new Lamar meter reading. Ninety percent, a twenty-nine percent upgrade. Now look, the plane still has to be landed. That's the, that's the reality here. The plane still has to be landed. Of course, remember, the Lamar meter update is not about him signing long-term. It's simply about him being the quarterback come week one of the NFL season. If this was about him signing a long-term deal, I still think I'd have the number somewhere in the realm of 64%, somewhere in that neighborhood. It's not that. It's about this year. And with Odell Beckham being signed for exactly one year, some of you that have pointed out, like this is, there's still the possibility that Lamar and Odell Beckham could play together for this season and both go after that. Yep, very much in the realm of possibility. Very much in the realm. But the over-the-top nature of the reaction to it last night, I would argue I probably could go above 90%. I'm, I'm trying to be... I always try to be fair, and I always try to make this more mathematic... Or scientific. Is mathematical a word? Or mathematical? Yeah, yeah, mathematical. Is it mathematic or mathematical? 
mathematic works. I don't. You don't know that. You're just saying things now. <laughs> this is what happens when someone has no idea if the answer they're giving you is correct. Mathematic works. You don't know. You're not a language expert. Yeah, I guess you're you no linguist. Use, use mathematical. Yeah, mathematical. Exactly right. Or scientific. I can combine the two of them together and make it one term. Mathetific. Mathetific. Um. I do still think there, there's room in there that the plane has to be landed. And what happens now if another team bowls the Ravens over in an offer? Are the Ravens really going to sit there and say, well, we've got Lamar for one year, and with all due respect, a wide receiver that hasn't had a 600-yard a season since 2019? We can't listen to your offer of m- many first-round picks? I still have to leave room in there to say that there is a lot of unknown that can still play out until the plane is landed. I think right now all signs point towards Lamar Jackson saying, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and play with Odell Beckham next season. Beyond the signing, the the FaceTime, and more importantly, this video of them going out in the club – by the way, before I saw that, the number was going to be somewhere around 84%. Hmm. Because one of the things I was going to say is, just if the Ravens believing that this helps land the plane and Lamar deciding that it helps land the plane are two different things. Lamar actually going out and partying with the guy is pretty noteworthy. As far as his interest in playing football with Odell Beckham this season what Odell Beckham can be, whether or not this ultimately proves to work, I I can't answer any of those questions. Not yet. But I do think it's reasonable to say that the evidence suggests that these dudes want to play football together. So the most likely scenario is they'll figure out a way to do that. How that works? Does Lamar demand more for one season? I don't know. I've had a few people use the phrase, the Ravens are going all in for one year. If this is what all in looks like, I guess nobody else is good. I, I, I know we've always had an affliction in this town of when we hear someone's name, if we're familiar with them, we freak out about it. We've got to be a little bit more honest about what Odell Beckham is. I think Odell Beckham can prove to be a helpful piece. When I write this column today, and I'm going to have time to talk about it during the course of the morning, you're going to see that I am more positive than negative about Odell Beckham. I think it's somewhere between necessary and good. I think to pretend like there isn't a bunch of unknown still is kind of foolish on our part. I think to believe it's not relevant that every other team in the NFL had the opportunity to sign Odell Beckham to a similar amount of money and every single one of them said, yeah, nah, we're good, is relevant. That doesn't mean the Ravens got it wrong or they made a mistake. I think they needed a marginalized version of Odell Beckham can very much still be an upgrade for the Baltimore Ravens. But when we use phrases like all in... Well, I think signing real players would have been a 
an all-in type of move. That, that to me, would have been how you go. I don't think there was an option. And Paul asked me. He just asked it. He didn't say it. Paul from Ovi Lando. Uh, assuming Lamar is back 23 in light of the OBJ signing and the void years that have been tacked on, do you see the Ravens taking the Eagles' Howie Roseman tactic and going all in for the season and making more short-term moves? Are are you saying that next up would be DeAndre Hopkins? Is that I don't know what else qualifies as all in at this point. I don't know what else is out there to be done. No, in fairness, the Eagles didn't pull off the Chauncey Gardner uh, Johnson trade until right before the season began, if I remember correctly. It was well into the summer, and you don't know who else might become available. And, and maybe I would probably say that's not smart. I don't think the Ravens roster-wise are quite as close as the Eagles were. They did also make the A.J. Brown trade draft weekend. If there is an A.J. Brown caliber player that is available, and I'm not trying to be disrespectful to DeAndre Hopkins, but let's be fair, man. Like We know the difference between where A.J. Brown was in his point in his career and where DeAndre Hopkins is at his point. I'd still take him, for the record, but... A.J. Brown was a guy that they were going to be able to build around for years to come. That wasn't a you know, a move that was made to go all in for one year. They traded for A.J. Brown to try to keep him around for a long time. Um, you know, if those guys are available, I don't know, maybe? Maybe? I, I would still never make any decision with the idea being we don't think we're going to have our quarterback pass this season. I mean, I'd never do that. The, the, the part of the field that matters is quarterback. I'd always prioritize that over absolutely anything else. Always. But, you know, if, if they're at a place where Lamar Jackson says, come hell or high water, I'm gone after this year. I'll play for you because you got me Odell Beckham. I'll play for you. But after this year, forget it. I don't know, maybe. Maybe you make another move or two. I, I just would need to know more about what's out there. To be fair, we didn't know the A.J. Brown thing was possible. I, I, I don't know. I don't know what that would be. But again, the number moves, 90%. That's what it is today. It's brought to you by Glory Days Grill. Glory Days Grill, great food, good sports. All right. Joining us now. Here on GCR. This man has been someone uh, that came into our lives a couple of weeks ago. He is now a business partner of Lamar Jackson as they have a product called The Entire Gym. He is the CEO of The Entire Gym. He is Ken Francis, and he is with us this morning here on GCR. Ken, it's Glenn in Baltimore. It's great to catch up with you. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. Hey, Glenn, I appreciate it, man. Appreciate hey, man. It. It's good to chat with you. Ken, if you could, I this is our first opportunity to catch up. I'm wondering if you could take me back. We don't we don't know a whole lot about you and your story. Can you tell us a little bit about, you know, where you're, you come from, your background, how the entire gym became a thing, and how you got hooked up with Lamar Jackson? Okay, well, where do you want me to start, man? <laughs> uh, anywhere. Where, the beginning. Tell us where you're. Give me, give me who who is Ken Francis? If I if I was doing a documentary about Ken Francis, where would I need to start? Well, um, who is Ken Francis? That's a great question. Um, I'm the average person who just wants to live the American dream. I saw a void in the fitness space, trying to balance family work, 
and living a healthy lifestyle. The pandemic revealed how much a portable gym is needed in the fitness industry, and not just a portable gym, but a portable gym that gives you the real elements of an actual gym by utilizing dumbbells, free weights, resistance band, elastic band, and a fully functional weight bar, along with a jump rope, agility ladder, removable Bluetooth speakers that connects to your phone or iPad, a universal cell phone holder, <laughs> and a workout mat, all compact and convenient carrying case on wheels. That's what the entire gym is. So, so Ken, how did you get hooked up? So you have this idea, right? How did you get hooked up? Lamar Jackson is one of the most famous human beings on the face of the planet, obviously. I don't know if yes. you, I don't know if you've been in Baltimore, but around here we live and breathe every time he sneezes. That's how significant he is. How did you get hooked up yes. with Lamar um, for this partnership to come about? Well, we're both South Florida guys, so we ran into each other a few times. Um, but we finally had an opportunity to sit down. Um, Lamar has a restaurant called Play Action. Yep. It's a soul food restaurant in Pompano Beach, Florida. And at the time, my product was a prototype. I introduced it to him and his team, and the rest was history. Um, right away, Lamar got involved with the development of our product um, and where we was able to add items that are beneficial to athletes and average fitness consumers. Like, for example, he was very big on making sure that we had an agility ladder. He wanted heavier weights to implement the ball barriers into the dumbbells to assist with ab workouts, just to name a few. So, so this is interesting to me because this is not a story of like, you know, you've been, you've, you've known him for forever. He maybe felt obligated to you or something like that. You really just went in and, and did like an elevator pitch and Lamar Jackson said, dude, I love this. I'm on board. Yeah, similar. I, I mean, we've seen each other um, around. We're both South Florida guys, you okay. know, so we ran into each other a few times. But we had the opportunity to really sit down and, and, and got into the details of the product and introduce him to the product physically, have him work out with it. And, you know, he had some things, some inputs that he would like to add on to it and things like that. So it's not just a run-in. We actually knew each other um, before that. Okay, so it was like a friend of a friend type of scenario, or just you know, like a, we, we in, in Baltimore we call it Smalltimore, right? Like everybody just kind of knows each other somehow. Is it sort of like that in South Florida? Not necessarily, because like you said, you no, know, Lamar is somebody that you know, it doesn't really is very accessible to get to, you know. So it's 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 kind of like we knew each other, but not in details like that. Okay. I got, I understand. I understand what it is that you're saying. Ken Francis is with us. It's called the entire gym. So, so Ken, you know, again, saying somebody likes it, Lamar Jackson's done very little in the realm of, you know, promoting in the realm of being a spokesperson for products. How did it work out for you to get him to come on board um, and, and be a part of this thing? Because you know, it's, it's rare, right? Like major national companies, have not been able to, to land the big fish when it comes to getting Lamar Jackson to be their guy. Yeah, you can say that. Well, um, he, he saw the importance of our gym. And um, it's, it's, it's a very unique gym. Um, he liked it right away, the concept, especially during the pandemic. You know, gym equipment and all gyms are shut down nationwide. So he saw how important it was to have a portable gym that utilizes the actual ability of an actual physical gym. You know, he has everything. It is portable, and it's the only portable gym basically in the world that allows you to have dumbbells with free weights, resistance band, the whole nine yard. Basically, there's nothing that you can do at a normal gym that you're not able to do with our physical product. So he saw interest in that right away, and he jumped on board. 
Uh, and obviously, it's it. You know, he was more than willing. He was putting it out there at a time where everybody is, you know, again living and dying over everything that Lamar Jackson is talking about at the moment. Um, you guys were able to capitalize significantly on that interest. Um, how how much of that was fascinating to you, Ken? Like the idea of, hey, it's one thing. It, it's always going to matter to have Lamar Jackson be the face of what it is that we're doing with the entire gym. But right now, when like Lamar Jackson tweets out an eyeball emoji. There's a million people that are trying to dissect it. How much more valuable might it have been to have him on board right now where everyone is freaking out about anything that Lamar might say or do? Yeah, that just speaks to to the to Lamar. You know, he's a great guy. Um, and anyone on and off the field would tell you the same thing about Lamar. If you ever came into contact with him, man, he would tell you the same exact thing. You know, he's a perfect first-class guy. Um, he would treat the janitor the same way he treats the president and with, with the same respect, you know. So, like I said, I mean, he's one hell of a guy, and we're glad to have him on board. I, I have no doubt that that's true. He's Ken Francis. He's the CEO of the entire gym, business partners with Lamar Jackson. He's with us here on GCR. Ken, how, how has that partnership evolved? Like how, on a day-to-day basis, involved are you guys, you know, with the product as partners? Like what does that look like now moving forward? Well, he's very hands-on. Um, and right now, we're we're in production stage. Um, we we plan to launch this summer. Uh, feel free to go to our website www.theentiregym.com. You can also find us on social media platforms at the entire gym. Everything is at the entire gym. Um, so right now, Lamar will will be training. He'll be using the product a lot. So you guys will be seeing the product out there more um, as the summer goes on, as we close into football season. You said we're going to be seeing the product more. We're going to be seeing it more here in Baltimore. Do you have any inside information for us, Ken? Do we, can we be comfortable that we're going to be seeing the entire gym here this summer in, in Baltimore specifically? In Baltimore? <laughs> now, that you have to ask Lamar. Ah, you know, he's ah. a very private person. Man. Yeah, you have to ask him that. Um, but he will be, like I said, you, you follow him on social media, man. You will be seeing the product a lot more with um, Lamar. Whether it's in Baltimore or not, that's not up to me. That's up to Eric and um, Lamar. No? So they'll figure those things out. I, I, boy, from your lips to God's ears, by the way, Ken. Um, you know, I, we, we joke about that, obviously, and I know you've already said this, this story that came out that you were talking to teams completely untrue is what you told ESPN. Is there anything that like you could say could be misconstrued that people thought that that was the case? What, what did you make of that when that story came out? that people were saying that you were calling teams and acting like you were Lamar's agents. What was that? The the story that came out a couple weeks ago that I know you denied when ESPN reached out to you that 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 te- that you know it came out that you had been calling teams. Do you know where that can't come came from Ken? Can you understand that at all or do you think that came completely out of thin air? Yeah, well well you know what the media, you know they they're trying to create a narrative um, but when it comes to contract and negotiation, man, I cannot speak on Lamar's behalf. That That is between Lamar and Eric DaCosta. Um, I have nothing to do with that, you know? So when the story came out, it was a shock to me, but it's not true at all. I never tried to negotiate for, for Lamar. Uh, we're pitching a product, um, a, our product, the entire gym. So we've been trying to get it out there. It's, it's, it's been seen by a lot of people. So if anything came before about contract negotiation, man, it's not true at all. Can I can I ask? Is it is it? Have you been pitching the product to NFL teams at all? Like, have you been? Has that been something that maybe has happened? You've been trying to work with the team, and somebody else heard that and said, "Oh, what's he working for Lamar?" Like, has that been part of the process? 
Yes, 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 correct. And and that might have been where where the the information got a little twisted. Okay. Um um I yeah, I have pitched the the product to to a few NFL teams in in effect or partnership. Yes. Have you had any reception from teams or or other players, things like that? Have you had other partnership possibilities that have maybe come along? Yes, yes. We have a few right now that's pending with um um, well, I currently have one right now with a retired NFL veteran. He's a Hall of Famer. Oh. Um, he's a great friend of mine. Is Yes. His name is Isaac Bruce. I'm sure you guys heard of him. I've great definitely heard of Isaac Bruce. Yeah. Yes. I'm sure you guys heard of him. Yeah. He's a good friend of mine. Um, he's, he's part of this as well. We have some current players right now that we're negotiating with as well. So, yes. So, so we will be letting some news out later on in the summer. Some big news about the entire gym. Um, that is significant, obviously. That's a really significant name in order to have out there. There's no doubt about that. Ken Francis with us here on GCR. Again, the entire gym, he and uh, Lamar Jackson have partnered up on that. So, so Ken, is the goal, you know, I, I, I guess the, the thing becomes, is the goal for you to sort of own the product independently? Is the goal for you guys to try to sell it to someone who says, you know, I, I, I don't, this is where I don't understand the business part of this. Like, you've created this thing. Is your goal to let someone else handle it? Is your goal for you to be, you know, the ones that you build up and you create a whole new company out of this? Yes, that's exactly what we're doing. Um, we, we created it from scratch, and we want to own this company. Uh, we're going direct to consumers. We're, we're getting ready to partner. Right now, we're negotiating with Dick Sporting Goods. Um, we're, we're going to do a full rollout with Dick Sporting Goods coming in fall. So right now we're, we're currently, we want to keep ownership of our company and just partner with the right partners, whether, whether it's a, whether it's a team or investors, wherever it may be, but we're looking to kind of branch off, but keep ownership, not sell right away. It makes sense. It makes all the sense in the world. Can, can I ask you, um, just Ken, as far as, you know, the future for you guys are concerned, do you sense that Lamar is interested in the business side of this as well? Like, do you get the feeling that not just being a spokesperson, not just being someone that represents you, that the business side of this and being, you know, obviously you're the CEO, but whatever that role might be as a partner, do you get the sense that he's interested in that as well? Oh, of course, 100%. Lamar is hands-on with the business side of things. Like, you know, that that's what we first discussed at um, the restaurant where we met. Listen, Lamar didn't want to just endorse a product. You know, um, he's co-founder. He helped me create it, develop it, you know, from scratch. So he's not just an endorser of the product. He's actually part of the company to watch it grow on the business side of it as well, not just to endorse the product. That's fast. He's co-founder for a reason. It, it's, it, you know why that's fascinating to us, Ken, is because, like, the, the, the fact that he is working as his own agent, the fact that, you know, he is handled things. Like, it's the side of this, like, I think we're learning more about – how interested he is in business as a whole. Like, he is a really, you know, for people that think of him as just a football player, I think we're learning he's a really fascinating dude, and I think this adds a layer to of it to us. Like, he is interested in much bigger things than just being a football player. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, Lamar is more than that, man. He has businesses, like I said. The, one of them is a, is, is a soul food restaurant. He has play action. Um, he has his clothing line, apparel line. You know, he, he has a lot going for him outside of football. You know, he's great on the business side of things. He's just that he doesn't – he's not out as much, you know, because he's a very private person. So you don't really know a lot. But he's he's involved in a part of a lot of businesses outside of football as well. That's fascinating. That is really fascinating. All right, if, if – um, can, can I ask you a question? If you had to guess, 
Do you get the sense that uh, Lamar would be super excited about lining up with Odell Beckham and playing football next season? <laughs> would it be ex- I mean, who wouldn't be excited to yeah. to, to play um, alongside Odell? Now, is he going to? That's up to Lamar and yeah, right? Costa again, right. man. That, right. that's they got to the make you know? that work. They got to make that work. I yeah, get yeah. it. I they got to make it work, you know? If, if we were, but, hypothetically, if you were to advise me, if I were to ask you, let's just say that you knew someone who put together a meter every day. And this is, Ken, I hope you understand. We are living and dying over Lamar Jackson in Baltimore. <laughs> like, we are panicked on a day-to-day basis. If you, if I were to say, hey, what do you think the chances are that Lamar will be the Ravens' quarterback next season? Could, could I get you to venture a guess for me? The chances? Yeah. Um, the, the the thing is, right? I I have personally never heard Lamar speak negatively about Coach Harbaugh or Eric DeCosta. You know, as far as I'm concerned, he has the utmost respect for those guys. That's huge. The Baltimore Raven is a first class organization. I personally feel like they will do the right thing. You know, but it's up to them. Um, Lamar loved the city of Baltimore and all of his fans, and his number one priority is to win the Super Bowl for this or for who he plays for and an amazing fan base. But again, you know, it's it's up to Eric, the Costa, and the Baltimore Ravens. That's fascinating. And Lamar to sit down and kind of figure out, you know, the next move whether they're going to do what's right by him or you know. So I, it's it's kind of up in the air. But I mean, who wouldn't love to see that, right? I, I think that's no. Oh my God! Who wouldn't love to see that? <laughs> but can I hope you know? <laughs> like we are, this is going to determine how the rest of our year goes. <laughs> we are going to be as a city either jubilant or apoplectic <laughs> for the rest of the year. That's how significant yeah. uh, your business partner has been with us. All right, Ken. Uh, one more time. The uh, you uh, go ahead, please. The plugs where people can find out more about the entire gym. Yes, feel free to visit theentiregym.com on our website. Um, all social media platform is at the entire gym. Please feel free to reach out to us on there. Follow us. Um, send me an email. We launched this summer. We're going to have some more exclusive details coming up of when we launch, who we launching with. Um, we're, we're going to have special prize giveaways uh, for, for certain people who buy our products. And it's not just a fitness product. We also have apparels that go along with it as well. So we work out in our uh, gears. Um, so again, it's www.theentiregym.com and at the entire gym on all social media platforms, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, you name it. He is Ken Francis. Ken, appreciate you taking the time for us this morning. Um, best of luck moving forward. Hopefully, we, we're, we're fingers crossed, we'll see you here with Lamar in the fall. <laughs> Hopefully that's the case, that you're going to be making trips up to Baltimore uh, with the entire gym. We will continue to keep our fingers crossed about that. Uh, enjoy the conversation. Thanks for doing this. All right, I appreciate it. It's Ken Francis uh, with us. The entire gym is the product. And, um, you know, that's interesting. There's a couple of things in there. I know a lot of you would say, hey, that ended up being kind of an infomercial. It, that's, that's the way these things work. When we want to talk to somebody, we offer them the opportunity that we will let them plug their product. We've done that forever. When we do that, um, when we were trying to get things worked out with Lamar last year, it was because we wanted to offer him the opportunity to plug his children's book. But the questions that were in there that I think matter one i am willing to believe let me let me take a step back i am absolutely willing to believe his and i i'm glad that he didn't balk at the question that i asked i always thought the thing that kind of made the most sense was that ken francis was calling teams mentioning that lamar jackson was his partner 
and trying to get them to buy in on a product. That, to me, made way more sense than this guy that's not qualified at all is somehow representing himself to be Lamar Jackson's agent. He says that's what he thinks happened. He was calling teams regarding the entire gym, talking about how he works with Lamar Jackson, and somehow that was misconstrued as the teams believing that he was calling them to negotiate for Lamar Jackson. Now, again, would he be inclined to lie about that? I guess. I, I don't know how we say this politely. There's nothing about that conversation that came off to me like Ken Francis is someone who's looking to represent Lamar Jackson in contract negotiations. I mean, am I, I could be misreading a person entirely. But that conversation does not read like that dude wants to be Lamar Jackson's agent. That guy wants to be a, a gym guy. Yeah. Now, wants to start a business. Whether or not that's going to work, I don't know. Although, if you can talk to him about sending up a, an entire gym, I swear to God, we'll do something with it. We'll turn into we'll we'll make a TikTok out of it. Okay. If you can follow up with him and say, hey, if we can get our hands on an entire gym, I mean, I don't we'll know. Be, if, we'll do it on weekly yeah, TikToks. We'll, well, I mean, let's let's not overpromise, okay. but <laughs> we'll do some content with it. So I'll start with that. The journalistic side of me says nothing about that conversation to me reads. And I always thought that it was more likely that this guy was calling teams about the entire gym and mentioning Lamar Jackson, and somehow those two things got misconstrued. Now, I do think it also matters that he went out of his way there at the end to talk up Lamar wants to be in Baltimore. I do think that, that all of those parts of it matter. To what extent? I don't know. Again, I, I don't think that Ken Francis is Lamar Jackson's agent. I, I can't say that enough. Nothing about that conversation, to me, comes off like this guy thinks he's Lamar Jackson's agent. I, I'm willing to... You can tell me if you think I'm naive, but I'm willing to say I think I can put that to bed entirely. After one conversation, at no point. I think if that dude really wanted to represent Lamar Jackson, he would have taken the opportunity. Instead, every time I tried to go down that road, he pushed it to the side. So, I am willing to come away from that and say, I don't think, I, I'm, I don't think that's a thing any longer. And I'm not saying, again, I don't think Mike Florio made something up. I think he heard it from a source and I think conversations got misconstrued. I think Mike Florio heard from a team source or for someone in the NFL, hey, there's this guy calling around representing Lamar Jackson. And after that conversation, I firmly believe that guy believed he was representing Lamar Jackson as a business partner on a product, not as a contract negotiator. As a partner, as someone who's working regularly with Lamar, he says Lamar Jackson loves Baltimore. He says that if you guys have been of the belief that Lamar wanted out, then, you know, he's not backing that up for you. So 
Take that for what it's worth. Combine that with the Odell Beckham thing, maybe with somebody would say you can tick that number up another notch or two on the uh, Lamar meter. So it was interesting. That was something that the timing was interesting that it happened to be today. Mm-hmm. Griffin had been working on it for a couple of weeks. Was it the most valuable interview we've ever done? Nope. Not at all. Not even a little bit. Learned about the entire gym. That part I didn't really care about all that much. <laughs> Got to be honest with you, that was the... But, you know, that's the way it works, right? Like, I, I, I've said this eternally. I have always said, if you're willing to talk to me, I will give you the opportunity to plug whatever it is that you want to plug. Nobody owes anything to the, us, this show. Nobody. If you want to do this, you will get the opportunity to plug your product, to plug your partnership, to plug your Twitter account, to plug anything, uh, your podcasts, all of it. That is no different than any other conversation I will have with anyone else. As you know, I literally end every conversation as, what else can we plug for you? So I'm not, I, I will not apologize for that part of it. He got his plug in, that's part of the deal. We asked the questions, You were you calling around the teams? You denied it, and he had, he had denied it at ESPN. Where do you think that might have came from? Well, we think we got to the bottom of it. He was calling teams. But again, I said that the day that I remember the day that we first learned Ken Francis's name. I think Stan was in here that day. I said then that I thought the most likely scenario was this doesn't smell right to me. I I could never say it was impossible, but it doesn't smell right. And I and I feel stronger about that after this conversation. I don't believe that this guy was actually calling and representing Lamar Jackson. Because I'm telling you, if this, somebody, if this person wants to be Lamar Jackson's fake agent, this conversation doesn't go that way. They're looking for any opportunity to speak on behalf of Lamar Jackson. And he was not comfortable doing that when we gave him those chances. He always deferred right back to, that's between Lamar and Eric DaCosta. That's not about me. That has nothing to do with me. And anyone who's ever dealt with it, that's, I, don't, mm, I don't see it. I don't see it. Now, you want to have your opinions about whether or not Lamar Jackson should be in business with the guy? Fair game. Fair game. Have those opinions. I I don't know. Seems like a decent enough fella. Yeah. I mean, like, I I don't know how good of a businessman he is. You can scoff at the entire gym all you want. I don't know anything about it. It's not my world. I'm not going to be the one to cast that judgment. I don't know how the, the sharks would feel about it. If he went in front of Mark Cuban. Well, he, he got the only shark that mattered, Lamar Jackson. That's well. true. That's a hell of a shark. <laughs> yeah. It's a hell of a shark to get. A little dodgy on the like, – because I do think there's a difference between this was someone that was part of his inner circle and he felt mm-hmm. like I owe it to this guy to represent his product and try to push it. That's not the way it was presented. It was more like, yeah, we knew each other kind of. We were in the same circles. But he really went and pitched the idea and pitched the product, and Lamar said, I'm going to throw myself behind it. That's interesting why that's the one that Lamar throws himself behind and not, you know, some previous established, previously established brands that have not reached out to Lamar. All of these things are fascinating. Does it tick? Does it really move the Lamar meter? Probably not. I don't know how much impact that's going to have tomorrow. But if anything, I would say it's positive. I have anything that, you know, another person who's close to Lamar, who's within his circle, reiterating Lamar's love and that Lamar has no issue, I think that matters. Mm -hmm. Because I do think that a number of times during this process, we've wondered about the relationship between Eric DaCosta and Lamar Jackson. When we hear that Lamar Jackson isn't returning texts, we wonder if there's been some sort of poison in that relationship. 
Well, here's someone within Lamar Jackson's circle saying that's not the case. What do we make of that? You know, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm not. I'm not sure. We'll, you know, we'll, we'll deal with that. <laughs> we'll deal with it. I'm trying to get to some of your responses. Um, Dylan, are you just memeing, or is the guy Lamar denied was representing actually put this state? No, I'm telling you that. I d- you guys on Twitter are really struggling with it. Can Somebody had this problem last week with something that Nick Boyle said. Nick like, Boyle wants Lamar. No, Nick Boyle, I guess, was like saying something about Eric DeCotton. Or, or no, 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 it was, it was Jermaine Wiggins. That's who it oh, was. Okay. It was Jermaine Wiggins was on the show and said something like, if I'm... You know, if if I'm the Patriots, I'm I'm or I'm Bill Belichick. I'm trying to take advantage of the fact that uh, Eric DaCosta has been stupid. And like three different, not three different, like two different people said, "Well, who's who's the one saying this?" I don't think Bill Belichick said Eric DaCosta was stupid. I'm like, read the start of the sentence. We tell you who it was that said it. Jermaine Wiggins said it today. Ken Francis said it. That's the guy. That's Ken Francis. He was just on the show. Ken Francis just appeared on the show. That's the guy. We've been working on this for some time since the day that Ken Francis entered into our lives. And he spoke to us. And you may now have whatever opinion you'd like to have about Ken Francis, Lamar Jackson, the entire gym, Glenn Clark. I don't care. Whatever your opinion is. We'll have positive opinions of Glenn Clark. Well, I mean, some people... Not everyone. Not everyone will. All right. Uh, I, I do appreciate him taking the time, for what it's worth. I appreciate him taking the time. We wanted to do that. He did it. I, that's that's what I will say. Today's show brought to you by your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Brian McFarlane, Russell Street Report. Cap Expert joins us next, Glenn Clark Radio. Are you a diehard O's fan looking for the perfect way to show your team spirit? Look no further than Birdland Sports. Birdland Sports is a small business run by fans for fans. They offer a wide variety of unofficial O's merchandise from the Birds Are Coming tees to player cartoon shirts and more. And the best part? Their prices are more affordable than the big guys. So head to birdlandsports.com and grab your gear today. Show your support for the birds with Birdland Sports. The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Luke Jackson profiles Orioles phenom Gunnar Henderson, breaking down how he was able to become the top prospect in baseball at such a young age and what could be next in his first full MLB season. Also inside, we meet lacrosse players from the men's and women's college programs across the state, and Bo Smoka breaks down another year wide receiver issues for the Ravens. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich, hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. 
Hartford Community College in Bel Air, Maryland, along with the National Junior College Athletic Association's Region 20, will host the 2023 NJCAA Men's Lacrosse National Championship May 13th and 14th at Hartford Sports Complex, 401 Thomas Run Road in Bel Air. Semifinals are on Saturday, May 13th. The National Championship is Sunday, May 14th. Catch the action for $10 each day. Tickets will be available in advance or at the gate on game day. Qualifying teams will be announced. What air conditioning company can save 50% of your energy cost and qualify you for up to $7,500 in rebates? A.J. Michaels. We do more, we do it better for less. In Baltimore and Annapolis, ajmichaels.com. If you miss anything on the show, don't forget that you can watch full episodes at youtube.com slash pressboxonline, and you can download podcasts on Apple, iTunes, Amazon, and Grindr. Wait, did I say Grindr? I don't think that you would find it on Grindr. Not that I know what's on Grindr or anything, I swear! On second thought, you know what? I don't care what you think. Here's Glenn. All right, back in here on GCR. Uh, we will get that uh, conversation with Ken Francis up a little bit later on today. If you missed any of it, you could also just sort of rewind on the video or on the audio, and you can you can do that if you would prefer. That's uh, certainly a way to go about doing it. Also, if you missed it earlier today, the Lamar Meter is brought to you by Glory Days Grill. 90% is the reading after the Odell Beckham news, and if you would like to win a Glory Days Grill gift card, a $25 gift card. You can still tweet me throughout the day at Glenn Clark Radio and tell me where you thought the meter should have moved after the Beckham news, and we will choose someone at random to win a $25 gift card to Glory Days Grill. Again, Glory Days Grill brings you the Lamar meter. Glory Days Grill, great food, good sports. Joining us now to try to explain a little bit more about the specific contract the Ravens handed out to Odell Beckham Jr., he is our friend, cap expert for Russell Street Report. He is Mr. Brian McFarland, and he's back with us now here on GCR. Brian, always appreciate you, man. Thanks for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. Yeah, sure, Glenn. Thanks for having me on. So I saw your tweet, uh, in a couple of your tweets yesterday that tried to start explaining it, and the thing that sort of jumps out at me is I, you know, you know, I do the silly Lamar meter every day. Um, it sounds like the way they structured a deal this damn well better be a deal for Odell Beckham to play with Lamar Jackson because why would you be signing up for dead cap space in future years if you weren't confident that Lamar Jackson was going to be your quarterback next season? Yeah, I mean, I think they've been confident all along that that was the case. And obviously, you know, their read of the market, whether – uh, you know, other teams would even make an offer or whether, you know, they made it clear to get out, get it out there that um, this is, you know, we're, we're planning on matching everything and this is the way we're going to do contracts is what the fifth contract they've added void years to, which they had never done prior to this year. And those void years keep that um, for this year's cap number really low. Um, so cer- certainly they're, you know, that signaling, I think, to other teams, you know, we're, we're keeping, they haven't restructured anybody yet. You know, I mean, they've got restructures in their pocket that could create $26 million if they need to. So, I mean, it's certainly saying if, you know, if you're going to try to create an offer that you don't think we can match, right. we're, we're showing you right now that we're going to match it. They, and essentially they had to do the deal the way that they, had, they did it because they couldn't take on all of this money right now over the course of one year and still have the ability to make sure they could match whatever anybody would put out for Lamar Jackson. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So that's why... 
And like I said, they've never used void years. They've avoided them even when the cap went down two years ago. Substantially, they avoided using them then. I don't think it's something they want to use, but I think it's the reality that they know that to, you know, to make sure that Lamar is here next year and hopefully for longer that, that, you know, that they're going to use these um, to make sure now he signs, they get assigned to an extension that'll create more cap space, which would be great. But for the time being, if he's got to play on the tag, you know, they're showing that they can, uh, they can, they can, they're ready to go and go to the mat for him. He is Brian McFarlane, Russell street report. He is with us here on GCR. Brian, can you explain um, what those numbers look for Odell Beckham? Let's just say he he does. Maybe he's not prime Odell Beckham this season, but he does. You know, have a representative year, and and he's helpful. And they get to that point and say, "Hey, we'd be willing to try to keep him around." H- how does that? You know, like give me a rundown of what the dead cap space would look like for the next couple of years, and how that might be different if they were to give him a contract and extend him past this season. Sure. So the way the the way the void years work, and I'm just assuming at this point that they added four void years, so five years is the maximum amount a, a, a signing bonus can be prorated. So that's the way to get this year's cap number as low as possible. So that 13.835 million signing bonus gets split five, uh, divided by five and counts technically counts um, what about 2.7 each year okay. uh, for the next five. So that's how you can get him down to a, a cap number of just under four million this year. But the way void, so that's its structure. But there's no salaries. There's only one salary, and that's for this year. If he is not re-signed by the time that contract voids uh, next year, beginning of the of the league year, then all those other four two point seven million dollars all uh, accelerate and hit next year's cap. Which means there's about a little over eleven million in dead money. That sounds so great. The, that sounds awesome. That's exactly what you want to do: is have ten million dollars of dead space on a you know a one year receiver option. <laughs> yeah, no, it's 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 certainly not, and that's why you know people there have been a lot of complaints about why in the last couple of years when other teams were using void years, you know why don't we do that? Well, the reason you do, you don't do that is you know because of that eleven million dollars. I mean the the, the Eagles have. I think close to 30 million in dead money on their cap right now because of void, using void years. So it's not it's not something you want to do. But in times of the cap going down, or in times like this, when you for the Ravens wanting to make sure that they can secure uh, Lamar for the future, you, you do it. You got to do what you got to do. Now, if they were to extend him before that day date, and let's just say it was for four years. Uh, then those 2.7 million, each of those two yearly 2.7 million dollar hits would still hit each year, so they don't accelerate. So it would be a new, you know, new contract and a new cap number based on the new deal, but plus the 2.7 million each year. Okay. So you know, it, it is they can get out from under it, but obviously, you know, that's a year down the road, and we're gonna have to see what happens with both he and Lamar and. You know, obviously, if Beckham has a great year and they, you know, they can come to terms, then uh, then they can they can avoid that huge hit. Uh, but otherwise, if they can't, then there, you know, that's that's the drawback to void years is that dead money sitting there. He is uh, Brian McFarland from Russell Street Report again. He's joined us here on GCR. Brian, does that make you think that they do this hoping that that they you know would be able to work something out with Odell Beckham and that this works and he's a Raven for a while? Or, again, what you just said a minute ago, like this is just we don't really have a choice otherwise. 
we're kind of our backs are against the wall we have to do this because we have to do this we'll deal with anything else when we get there yeah i mean i think that's the approach i mean i you know ideally i think everybody uh, and i would i would assume beckham too i mean i think part of the reason he's coming here is lamar jackson so you know i think the idea would be everybody hopes it goes swimmingly and yeah we'll figure it out next year and you know it does give it gives him a little leverage with the ravens too you know if he's getting you know, better offers somewhere else, and the Ravens aren't getting to that point. He could say, "Look, you know, his agent's going to say, look, you're going to have eleven. He's going to count eleven million on your cap anyway. Let's figure out a deal that you know we can put those numbers together, and it it might be less than that, and you know, but we and then you can avoid this this huge dead money hit. So, I mean, I think that's. I mean, I, you know, you. I don't think teams ever go in saying we only expect this to be a one year deal unless the guys, you know, and in the last years of his career. So I think with Beckham, but obviously his injury history, I don't think you want to commit more than that. Um, but it is definitely a, it, it's definitely a deal with uh, the Ravens, something like this they've never done before for sure. So I'm, I'm going to float this theory out there, Brian, there have been people that have brought up the idea that maybe the Ravens are acknowledging they might not have Lamar Jackson for more than one more year. And maybe they're just kind of trying, they've used the term all in. Now I scoff at that because the phrase all – the Eagles went all in and A.J. Brown was at the center of it. We're talking about a guy who's past 30 years old and hasn't had a good season in the NFL in three years. But the idea of, of if they've gotten to a point where they just think it's going to be one more year of Lamar Jackson and then it's probably not going to work out after that, would there even be room for them to be able to do anything else? Like, is there any possibility they could still be involved in a DeAndre Hopkins conversation? Is there any ability at all past this and knowing what they have to keep protected for Lamar Jackson for them to make any more moves whatsoever? I mean, I think they, I mean, there's always minor moves you can make because they, you're only, you're, you know, you're a veteran on a veteran minimum salary deal is only costing an extra a hundred or $200,000. So, I mean, there's those kinds of moves. Um, There may be, you know, a cornerback move, um, the guy from the Ra- was it the Raiders? Uh, his name is escaping me. Who who visited, visited a couple weeks yeah, ago? I, oh God, why am I blanking on it now? Sorry, I'll tell you. Yeah, in a second. yeah. So I mean, I mean, I think that, but that's not a you know, that's not a you know, that's not a twenty million dollar, fifteen million dollar Rocky guy. Rocky probably... scene, by the way, is who it was. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I mean, he may be a five or six million dollars. Marcus Peters, you know that maybe, and who knows, maybe they were bringing the other guy in to, to try and push Peters to get him re-signed. I don't know, you know. So, I mean, I think they've got a, a – they can still do a moderate move there, and certainly if they're willing to use void years, then they probably could do more because, you know, you're looking – again, you're looking at paying Odell Beckham, you know, $15 million, but he's only counting uh, less than four on your cap. So, you know, I mean, you, they, if they want to keep doing this, they can, and whether that's a signal they're all in – or whether that's a signal they're all in on for one year or they're just all in on Lamar and they want to build the team as much as possible. Uh, but I guess it could be, honestly, it could be both <laughs> in a way, sure. you know, sure. we'll go all in. And if we get Lamar done, great. And if we don't, then, you know, we'll trade him next off season. I've always said that next off season was really the push come to shove off season because you can't tag him three times because of the number, you know, $80 million cap number, if you tagged him a third time in 25. So, 
next year, uh, you know, they if they don't get him re-signed, they they have to trade him or they lose him for a third round comp pick. Right. That doesn't make any sense. Right. So this year they can you know they can hold on to him because they that next uh, a second tag is not that terrible, which is kind of funny to say when you're talking about forty million dollars. But but, but but part of that um, is the, part of that is the cap number going up too, correct? Sure, sure, absolutely, absolutely. So, I mean, and a lot of teams are we're banking on that, and you know, we're we're they're still behind where they should be from the pandemic, the the uh, the deduction for the pandemic. But certainly, you know, we're at two twenty five. Most people are expecting it to be two fifty next year as far as the cap goes. So that helps obviously all teams, but it, you know, it'll it'll help less. And uh, if it is eleven million from Beckham on the cap next year, that that's. $25 million jump will be helpful for sure. Brian, can I ask before I let you go, you've, I'm sure, read a lot of these theories that, you know, uh, different f- former executives, different former agents, Joel Corey's put out a bunch of them, Andrew Brandt's put out. I'm sure you've read plenty of these, like, here's the version of a contract that I think could work to make this work with Lamar Jackson. Has anything that you've read or heard ever said to you, like, this does seem interesting to me. This seems like a way that you could sort of assuage Lamar Jackson and still make it work to have the ability to put together a, a, an appropriate football team to in the in the coming years. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting because, I mean, obviously you could do a contract all sorts of ways. Um, the, the, most of those articles were a three-year deal or a four-year deal as opposed right. to five or six or, or more. Liam Mahomes was 10, Josh Allen, I think it was six or eight. I mean, because it was six plus the two he still had on his contract. It was like an eight-year deal. So those that, that allows, you know, a three-year deal would be harder from a cap perspective for the Ravens. So I don't think that's something they really want. Um, because if you're talking, you know, just as round numbers, $150 million over three years, you can only lower that first-year cap number so much. And where they are now at 32, it would probably have to go up or you're going to have a, you know, a $70 million cap number in the third year. Um, so that doesn't, that wouldn't, while it might be the way to bridge the gap and certainly give Lamar the chance to be a free agent again in 29. I know Joe Corey, the, the key to his was to, to sweeten the pot for Lamar's in three years, we can't franchise tag. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that, that, that from a player's perspective, I would think that would be, you know, and, and, you know, everything we're hearing is, you know, I mean, all along I felt Lamar's never come out and said anything really bad about the Ravens or even though he demanded the trade, quote unquote, or requested the trade. Right. Uh, you know, he never really came out and said, I want out of Baltimore, you know. Um, so, you know, so certainly it seems like this is where he wants to be. It's just a, a way of finding that, um, you know, finding that sweet spot. But if he also wants no less than, than what, you know, now this is a rumor, obviously, but you know, no less than what Watson got—two hundred thirty million fully guaranteed. Yeah, then that's got to be—that's got to be a four or five-year deal. There's no way to get that. You know, there's no way to make that work in a short-term deal. Yep, no question. Uh, I mean, you say I guess there's a way, but it would be pure insanity at that point. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. yeah, and and so I mean, you got these—you know—it's this balancing act of what yep. does he want? If he wants that big number, if that big number mean something to him then it's got to be a uh, you know a four or five or six year deal um now whether again there's a you know a no uh, to sweeten the deal and maybe you know four or five or six years down the road uh yeah we won't we you know we won't use the tag then maybe that you know the ravens you know we'll worry about that then and if we can't use the tag we can't use the tag but that's four or five or six years down the road so that might be something they'd be more amenable to i don't know that they would on a three-year deal but on a longer deal 
figuring they got the you know his best years out of him, so to speak, by then, and he's going to be older, and maybe maybe they don't want him back anyway by then. So who knows? All right. Um. I again, what can I plug for you, Brian? What I know, obviously, RussellStreetReport.com, and particularly RussellStreetReport.com slash salary cap for you know really the the bare bones information, the stuff, the really hard line stuff about the cap and of course Raven's salary cap on twitter is there anything else i can plug for you do you want to plug uh, the entire gym by chance this morning brian no no i'm good <laughs> i'm good um yeah, I, I miss that was there a big plug in there too? oh there were lots of pl- but, I mean, look you know how these things work we always we we say sure. we, we say and it's the same thing if you ever said to me bro i got a product can i come to-? you've been so good to me over the years i'd be happy to let you come <laughs> i appreciate that now now i'm good you got my that's my two places for people to find me and hopefully you know between now and july 15th when the uh the tag the one the the uh, chance to give Lamar a uh, long-term deal ends for this year hopefully between now and then we got a lot of good stuff to talk about as far as something finally getting resolved boy from your lips to God's ears my friend Brian McFarland (laughs) appreciate you man thanks for squeezing us in this morning I know it's a busy day for you really appreciate you dude yeah thanks man anytime Brian Brian McFarland salary cap guru for Russell Street reports um, breaking that down for us and again like that's the part that I keep coming back to why in God's name? Because you can make the argument that you could acquire Odell Beckham for anyone who was playing quarterback next season. And again, I'm trying to be careful about how far we go in on talking about Odell Beckham because I do think that there are limit. There should be limitations for our expectations. I, I think if we are envisioning 2014. 2015 Odell Beckham to show up in Baltimore, that's wildly unreasonable. Wildly. But if we're envisioning a complimentary receiver to help Rashad Bateman, Mark Andrews, to help Mark, all of those things, I think there's reason to believe he can still be that guy. We, of course, need to see where he is. He's had a lot of time to recover from this injury, but I'm willing to say I think he could help any quarterback. But to the point, doing this and potentially, let's just say he's not that guy any longer. Which, And I think that's very possible. I, I'm not willing to say 50-50, but I think if we're being honest with ourselves, we'd have to say it's at least a 30% chance. Why would you take on dead space on your camp at the tune of $10 million the following year if you weren't absolutely confident you were doing it to pair him with Lamar Jackson? And again, them good. By the way, we've we've found out TMZ has told us it was at Live Nightclub last night in Miami that the the, the duo went out to is that uh, a good to one. Celebrate. I guess it's a good one. Got to be honest with you, I don't think it's related to the golf tournament, but the 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 letters L I V now have a sour taste in my mouth. I want to make sure that there's not any uh, blood money. By the way, uh, uh, good news, bad news for our friend Ryan Frazier. The good news, you don't have to worry about your it feeling like blood money that uh, because Brooks Kepka didn't win. The bad news is you don't get any money. I'm sorry. 
Um, John Rom won, and you know what's really cool about that is uh, our friend John and Little Rock actually had John Rom yeah, in the did. first pool, and John and Little Rock, who started this whole process by telling us about what was going on down in Arkansas, and of course we love John, and we wanted to help him, so we wanted to raise a hundred bucks to send down to the Arkansas Food Bank. Well, John from Little Rock took his hundred bucks and said, "Let's go ahead and make it two hundred. So good guy, John and Little Rock. Congrats, John. Uh, big weekend for the Johns, John the, Rom, John and Little Rock. That uh, live live Miami, they have blocked uh they've blocked like trademark applications from Live Golf. Oh really? Yeah, it's become yeah. a whole thing. Yes. That's yes. kinda great. It, I is, it is good. You know what? Now I kinda like Live Miami, like if I'm being honest with you. I might be on board with the whole Live Miami at this moment. Um yeah, so anyway, uh, John Rom wins the yes. Masters. Right. <laughs> you know what's nice today is I don't have to pretend like I was I cared. <laughs> like I don't have to pretend like I was on board. As soon as I knew it was going to be wasn't going to be Cameron Young, I was pretty checked out at that point. But congratulations to both uh, John Keller, John Little Rock, and Matt Barr was the other winner in our second pool. Uh, so he got a hundred bucks and another hundred bucks to the Arkansas Food Bank. So. Win, win. That's why we do these things. We'll figure out an excuse to do another one of these things in the future for sure. Um, all that being said, I don't, it was kind of I'm kind of all over the place at this yeah. point. The salary cap implications are the biggest reason to me why there's no room for conversation about this being for someone else and Odell Beckham because that's nonsense. Unless that someone else was, you know. A, Again, was a was a franchise ca- unless for whatever reason you knew the Jacksonville Jaguars were willing to trade you Trevor Lawrence for Lamar Jackson. Unless you know you have a a franchise quarterback that's not named Lamar Jackson that's going to be your quarterback next season. You, I'm not doing this for one year for a rookie quarterback, even if I think very highly of them. I, I'm not strapping myself next off season. I want to have that cap space to go get a real football player for that guy if he pans out this season. Not tying myself to $10 million worth of dead space next year for a guy that didn't work this year for a rookie quarterback that probably wasn't going to be able to win a Super Bowl anyway. Will Odell Beckham be the difference in the Ravens winning the Super Bowl? Absolutely no idea. I'm writing about Odell Beckham today at PressBoxOnline.com. And my biggest takeaway, as always, I'll just go ahead and give it to you. Please read the column anyway. Do me a solid. It... Damn well better not change their draft strategy. That's my biggest takeaway. I had a few people reach out to me and say, you know what's great about this is now the Ravens don't have to take a wide receiver in round one. I don't know that the Ravens were ever going to take anybody in round one. If you had to make me you know, do the whole bullet to my head, like what are the Ravens going to do in round one? Trade out. Try to get more picks. But nothing about their draft strategy should be even remotely changed because of the presence of Odell Beckham. A one-year signing of a player that has not been high level in three years and is coming off of an injury that cost him an entire season. No. I hope Odell Beckham works. Worst case scenario, I know you're gonna not going to believe this because we live in Baltimore. You can have three wide receivers. The Bengals have done it. Other teams have had three wide receivers. Damnedest thing. And a tight end. It's crazy. Throwing out all the rules here. I know, again, you're not going to believe this. Sometimes players get hurt. I know that never happens here in Baltimore. Sometimes. 
You need depth. There is nothing about the presence of Odell Beckham to me that would, if, if in any way, the Ravens are saying to themselves, well, now we don't have to be as hell-bent about getting a wide receiver early on in the draft. No, nothing should change based on signing Odell Beckham. Now, I don't know that they were going to be hell-bent on it. Again, I think their one priority is more picks. And I disagree with that priority. I want special. I don't need more fourth-rounders. I don't need more depth. Yes, can a fourth-rounder turn into special? Of course, it's possible. Is it likely? Simple math tells you no. Give me special. Give me game-changing. Give me guy that turns the course of the franchise around over the next decade. And whether that's a wide receiver or whether it's a cornerback or whatever else it might be, if, if it's Nolan Smith, it's Nolan Smith. God bless. But nothing about your draft strategy should change because of the presence of Odell Beckham. That would be nonsense. Jim Nagy tweeted, I think he said, you know, that the wide receiver grades from, like, media are, are way off as to what GMs are thinking and that there might only be, like, one first-round receiver based on how GMs and teams are thinking. Does that was that encourage you any more for the Ravens to trade back and, no. and maybe get a receiver no. early? In I the mean, second? Th- this is I, get the guy. Get the guy. Remember the year that all the receivers went mm-hmm. after the first round. How did that turn out? They, all, they were all pretty good. They're all studs. Get that. Stop it with all this cutesy. Well, they really only think it's a second round grade. If Debo Samuel is available in this draft, go get him. Scout well. Figure out who the one is. Is the one Jackson Smith and Jigba? Is the one Zay Flowers? Is the one? Go get that guy. Well, but you might be able to get a, a good guy in the second. Stop it. Get the guy. Get that guy. Build around him for a decade. I don't know why I just got so angry about that. It's Jim Nagy, not me. I'm sorry. Yeah, right. You jerk. Baseball season is here. For the first time in history, you can bet from your phone in Maryland. Go to PressBoxOnline.com slash offers for the best sportsbook offers and incentives so you can start winning today. Get five-second chance bets at PointsBet when you deposit your first $50. Just go to PressBoxOnline.com slash offers to claim your incentive. Jeremy Kahn's next. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Baseball season is finally here, and what better way to celebrate than with some fresh gear from Birdland Sports. As a small business run by O's fans, Birdland Sports offers a great selection of unofficial merchandise, including unique designs like Birds Are Coming tees, player cartoon shirts, and championship prediction designs. And the best part? Their prices are more affordable than the big guys. Get high-quality gear without breaking the bank. So whether you're heading to the ballpark or watching from home, show your love for the birds with Birdland Sports. Visit Birdland Sports. Sports.com today to browse their collection and gear up for the season. Let's go O's. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. Another Orioles season is in the books, and the Bataround was there every step of the way as the Birds posted their first winning season in six years. And after promoting two number one overall prospects in Adley Rutschman and Gunnar Henderson, Mike Elias has said it's liftoff from here. Hi, I'm Paul Valley, and along with my co 
co-host Zach Goodman will be here every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon all off-season discussing every signing, trade, and waiver claim as we navigate the cold winter months that lead to spring training. You can watch us at youtube.com slash pressboxonline and facebook.com slash pressboxsports or listen live at pressboxonline.com slash radio. And if you miss a show, you can find us anywhere you get your podcasts. So tune into the Bataround with Paul Valley and Zach Goodman every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon right here at Pressbox Sports. Stan the Fan here, welcoming back one of my favorite sponsors, the Costas Inn. And everybody around Baltimore knows the Costas Inn is a great place to go and grab crabs, steaks, salads, soups, whatever's on your mind to eat in person. But did you know that the Costas Inn has upped their game? They are now one of the premier takeout places in Baltimore. Give them a call now to order your food, 410-477-1975. That's the Costas Inn, over 4100 North Point Boulevard. If you need more of Glenn, you can also hear him every Sunday with Rita on 105.7 The Fan. But also, if you need more of Glenn, um, what's wrong with you? And we continue along in hour number two of a busy Monday edition of GCR. Expert and award-winning A.J. Michaels heating, A.C., plumbing, and home performance will improve your home's energy efficiency and comfort levels. A.C. season is coming up fast. Though it didn't feel that way yesterday. Last night, now it's a different conversation for a different day. New rebates and discounts are available. Find out more, ajmichaels.com. All right, we continue to react to the news of the Baltimore Ravens adding Odell Beckham, as you saw earlier, and not just the signing itself, but then the reaction from Lamar Jackson and the two of them parting it up. Bumped the Lamar meter all the way up to 90% this morning, the highest reading in Lamar meter history. Joining us now from the Big Bad Morning Show, I told, I told this guy a couple weeks ago I'd let him set the Lamar meter one day. we got to figure out a way to make that work. Problem is he's ending his show at 10, so it's tough to have him hop on our show right at 10. We'll work around that. Big Bad Morning Show, 105.7 The Fan, his picks every day, pressboxonline.com. He is our friend Jeremy Kahn. Jeremy, good morning, bud. How are you? I'm good. You just let me know when you want me to come over and uh, move your meter. Yeah, and I'm on baby. It. Yeah, like like you don't normally do that on a Monday. Like that's not <laughs> normally part of how this all works. That's not my bag. Can, can you can you explain to people how pleasant it must have been for you last night, as you're thinking about oh I got to do the show in the morning. Like you're you know it, Easter's busy for everybody. People have things going on. How much easier our lives are in this business when something like this comes down on a Sunday night and how insanely jealous it is for me that it didn't happen before 1 o'clock yesterday when I had three hours of radio to do. Yeah, and, you know, like I, I feel like this is – it's one of those things, too, where people love to talk about when something bad goes wrong or, you know, mm-hmm. bad happens, I should say. Um, anything that, that, that could go wrong, like <laughs> they'll, they'll talk about that for weeks. But stuff like this, the initial response on a Monday and, – and, look, it's a – Mondays can sell themselves usually. You've had a whole weekend of sports stories and different things, the Masters, the Orioles, you know. But this is, I mean, football is king. And so anything that happens with your team in a positive note, yeah, it's definitely a little bit more pleasant to see what people feel. But there's always still going to be people that are negative about it, like, oh, they paid too much money for him and they did this and they still don't have a quarterback. And But this is another huge step into making sure that does happen. Are you as confident? Like, again, the signing alone was significant, and I still have some questions about Odell Beckham for sure, but the signing alone would make me say, okay, I don't think you're doing this. I sure as hell don't think you're creating a scenario 
where you could have $10 million worth of dead cap space next year if you're not confident that it's to partner Odell Beckham with Lamar Jackson. But all of the stuff that followed afterwards, the FaceTime call, them partying together down in Miami, I, I don't know how we read anything other than Lamar Jackson is planning to play football at least this season in Baltimore with Odell Beckham. Yeah, I mean, the Instagram posts, all those things, they it would lead you to believe that. And I said it this morning that, you know, and I think we all probably felt that way. Like Odell signing here, there, he had two reasons to sign here. One would be financially. Yep. Uh, the other is to play with Lamar. And look, the financial stuff is definitely in the fold. The Lamar stuff, not so much. But I'd almost feel like there'd have to be some sort of, like he'd have to know something. Like, I mean, whether we all know that the Ravens hold the trump card, you can sign him. It's one thing to have Lamar on your team and he's happy and he wants to play. It's another thing to have an upset quarterback. But whether he comes back on a franchise deal or whether he signs a long-term deal, I do think he's back here with Odell for at least one year. And and that, you know, it does, the conversation beyond that continue to be quite interesting and what the future of Lamar Jackson will be and what the Ravens do. I, all of those things become relevant, but it does, I, it's really hard to fathom at this point a scenario where Lamar is like, yeah, by the way, I'm still not happy. Like, I'm still... I'm not going to play this season. That becomes more and more difficult for you to imagine. I did look. I left the meter at 90 because, like, I'd still be fascinated if the Ravens aren't confident that Lamar is going to sign long term, and someone were to swoop in, like the Patriots were to come in and say, you know, we'll give you, you know, it's six first round picks. Like, I still think there's some scenario where they could just say, well, it would be bad business for us to not take that deal, right? But yeah, um, absolutely. You know, I, that's that's it. That's the only thing that's left for me at this point as to uh, how this would play out. Jeremy, the, the other side of it, the, the Odell Beckham side, everybody gets excited. This is a name we all know. This is a guy who has been a high-level wide receiver in the NFL. He's also someone who hasn't even had you know 600 yards in the NFL since 2019, who has dealt with injuries. What actually do you think the Ravens are getting by signing Odell Beckham? Well, I, I, look, they're getting a really good player. Um, the, the question is, what does he look like after injury? If, um, if you take a look at some of the, the different, like his, I guess you could call it a pro day, but, you know, his workouts right. and things that he had, um, he looked really good. So, I mean, these are injuries that players come back from all the time. And, and I think just because the one happened in the Super Bowl and how long everything lasted last year, uh, it made more sense for him to ultimately sign the following year and get to 100% than try to come back early especially when a contract could be looming. So, um, yeah, I still think he has a lot left, and I think it, it kind of pushes everybody down the board a tick. And, and I honestly, I think the guy that this probably helps out the most is Mark Andrews. Sure. Because if you, if you have a – I mean, it's going to help out everybody, let's be honest. But I've already seen people posting stuff like Mark Andrews, Odell, Rashad Bateman, J.K. Dobbins. Is this enough weapons? And I, and I finally do feel like he's got good weapons. We'll have to see what Munkin brings to the table. Uh, and for the first time in a long time, you might have a really formidable offense where it, as much as this is what everybody wanted, this is when we find out if Lamar's the real deal or not, you know, which I already think he is, but um, can he put up those type of numbers if he's not just in this full-on running offense nonstop? I, I, would, I would ask the question, are you at all concerned that this was a player that appeared to already be on the decline before the injury occurred, right? Like, that, that's a part... I, I know, um, you know, Jonas brought it up and wrote something about it today. Like, th there is that little blip where he was mm -hmm. effective for the Rams in that postseason. There's no question about it, right? Like, the numbers aren't overwhelming, and that's part of that is he didn't finish the Super Bowl. But that's a little blip, and the rest of the two seasons leading up to that, he was pretty much a non-factor. How do you measure all of that? 
I mean, could we could we look at quarterback play too, where he was? I that's, mean, is that part of it? It's reasonable. Yep. You know. Yep. Yeah. You know, there were a lot of blame there. I, I would say this, and I agree with what you said wholeheartedly. That I feel like he kind of caught his stride late in the season into the playoffs. He was looking really good in the first half of that Super Bowl before the injury happened, and mm-hmm. I honestly wonder. I mean, because he went into the Super Bowl kind of limping in. He was playing hurt, and don't know if that is what caused the re-aggravation or whatever in the surgery he had to have. But ultimately, it has to be a concern. I mean, I do like the fact that he signed him to a one-year deal. I mean, it's an investment. Uh, it's a lot of money. That is a lot of money for a player that we didn't expect to get it. But if you're trying to keep your quarterback happy, I think you try to do everything you can, um, including this. All right. We, I, I can't believe how much sports we're talking this morning. This is a real problem. Yeah. I haven't I haven't even covered – like, I haven't talked about the Orioles at all this morning. This is what's going on. Um, I, I, let, me, let me cover two things. One – are you convinced that the bullpen will be fine when Dylan Tate and Michael Givens return? Or do you have a bigger concern about the sheer number of innings that they're being required, the starters not working many innings so far? Like, where are you at with trying to keep in mind we're still dealing with a nine-game sample size? Yeah, I try not to get too far ahead of myself. It is concerning. Like, so the one thing – if you talked about two of the things that have been concerning, some of the defensive woes they had, they had quite a, quite a few errors in the first couple of series. And then on top of it, the way the bullpens performed, the one I'm less worried about is their defense. I think ultimately that figures itself out and works itself out that we're not seeing some of these problems we had because these guys have a better track record as far as defenders than what we could say about the bullpen. And year to year, bullpens, you can have the same damn players come back and have totally different results the next year. So I, I do think it'll be better when uh, Tate and Gibbons are healthy, but I don't uh, just assume that it's all of a sudden going to start clicking there. Uh, right now, I feel like Hyde has a couple of guys that he really trusts and relies on. Yeah. You just got to worry about wearing those guys out because then they could become guys you don't trust and rely on real quick. Well, and even some of those guys have been shaky, right? Like the funny thing is, like Danny yeah. Danny Colome has been one of like the most reliable pieces so far, and none of us had ever heard of him. Before two. Oh, you don't remember the great Cologne family? Oh, right. The, oh, the yeah. the family Cologne. I do. It's so. Yeah. I oh man. Um, I, I I have talked a lot over the last week about the Grayson situation, and dude, I am you know I'm through the roof, right? Like I had, mm-hmm. I, I if if he would have ma- only made it out of the first inning and like pitched three innings on Wednesday, I still would have been excited about Grayson Rodriguez. What he did, I I, I can't be more excited about Grayson Rodriguez. But that thing is real to me, that, that innings cap that's going to come up this season and how this franchise handles it and whether they deal with it now, say, let's deal with it if it becomes a – this is what I was going to write about the day for Press Box until Odell Beckham came along. Like, I am really nervous about this franchise not thinking about how ugly it would be if Grayson Rodriguez is pitching well and they're in a playoff race come September – and they announced they're doing the Steven Strasburg bit and shutting him down. I, I, man, this city, like everything that we've been through as a fan base, and especially if they haven't at that point still not extended Adley Rutschman or Gunnar Henderson, and my God, imagine if they still haven't announced the lease at that point, right? Like this city would be apoplectic if that type of thing were to occur, and I do think they should at least be thinking about that it's easy for people to say, "Hey, don't deal with, don't worry about a problem until it becomes a problem." Well, you know, it's like there's a you see two trains driving together. You don't just they're right at each other. You don't say, "Well, they're a hundred miles away." We we don't need to think about that. Like at some point, 
I would like to know that there's some sort of plan for how you're going to go about handling that this season. Yeah, and as soon as I learn how to spell apoplectic, I'm going to look it up, <laughs> right. um, figure out what that word actually means, because uh, it could be a good or bad thing. It sounded really sexy. I, it, sounded, it made you sound really smart, too, by the way. It I, makes me sound every not na- so smart. Every now and then I throw one in, just to try to bamboozle yeah. <laughs> people into believing that I have qualifications beyond just being a monkey on the Internet. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the real hard thing, too, is like in what you're talking about, and look, they'll give you the whole marathon, not a sprint thing, and all this stuff, but they didn't have to do this with pitchers when they came up. I know they're an investment, but, man, it just feels like like you talk to a guy like Ross Grimsley or any of these older players, it's like, yeah, we threw all the time. We had Ken Singleton on this morning. He's talking about how many how fast games used to be back in the, you know, the 70s and 80s because pitchers were going deep in the games. You didn't have all these pitching changes. You didn't have to get all these commercial breaks to get advertising in. And, and we were joking about it, and I said to him, I said, broadcast is going to get to the point where every pitch is sponsored. So, um you know, it's just, it's kind of weird, but with Grayson, I, I, I agree with you. Like they, they had the one quote from Stowers, I believe saying the one thing he loved about him is when he gave up runs early, he usually settled in, just right. kind of locked down after that. And it felt just like that start. And I think we all could attribute that to nerves. Um, so tomorrow's going to be pretty cool with him getting his first home start, his t-shirt night yep. and you're facing the A's, but there's going to come some expectations, especially if, you know, they screw the pooch tonight and lose. So, um, you know, he'll have, to, he'll have a little bit more pressure on him. But I, I love watching him pitch. I think he's fantastic. What would you do? Like, if, if you, if, you know, if you were, for whatever dumb reason, you were in charge of this, would you, would you go shorter starts? Would you say, hey, let's make sure we save the innings? Would you try to figure out a way that when John Means comes back, you have a six-man rotation at that point, or you at least skip a few of Grayson's starts? Like, h- how do you handle this if you're trying to think about it ahead of time and not just have it hit come September? Yeah, I think some teams have moved their guys to the bullpen or, as you pointed out, shorter starts, uh, like they're going four innings. I, I don't like any of that. Maybe you, maybe you start using an opener on his starts. I don't, I'm not even a fan of that, really. But um, I just I, – you know, like for me, I, I, if I were handling it, I think I'd want him to pitch until he didn't, until he didn't feel comfortable. But, like, you know, well, I don't want to say until he didn't feel comfortable. Hopefully it's the whole season. But I, I don't know. I, I get the kid glove stuff. I hate it to a degree because – I don't think it's necessary, but when you have that much money or at least what you believe to be in an investment, you don't want anything to happen. So you're going to handle them with kid gloves, and I think we just need to come to expect it. But for me, I'd let him pitch. If we got into the chance and we had an opportunity to get in the postseason, I'm letting him pitch. There's, there's no data that says he's going to get hurt. You know, it's just this is a precautionary thing. I, I would absolutely say, especially if you could figure out a way to say, hey, we're not shutting him down, but we are going to put him in the bullpen to end the season, right? Like, we have to acknowledge we can't keep doing this every fifth day for six. That math won't, won't work. But if you plan this out to say, hey, we will still have availability for him. And, I, like, you can revisit this. You get to July and you're out of it. Like, you're not in this. Then, then who the hell cares? Go ahead and shut him down on Labor Day, right? Like, no one gives a rat's ass at that point. But if you're in yeah. it, just to make sure he's available in some capacity to me, I think is really important. No, I agree. I, you know, like, I, I just want to see him out there. And I, I just remember, like, watching it as a baseball fan when, when Strasburg got shut down and said, you know, if that were me as a Nats fan at that point, I would have been just livid because right. we all know it. How many, I mean, they, they eventually get a World Series, but how often yep. are you going to get that shot? You know, just yep. because you get – I mean, look at Cal. Cal gets there – early on in his career and then never gets back. So Marino is the same way in the NFL. Um, you just never know. You assume that these guys will get back because they're unbelievably good, but, you know, things change. 
All right, the NBA playoffs are set with the play-in tournaments this week. Uh, who who's actually gonna win this? Like this is, I don't know that I've ever felt as confused about an NBA playoffs as I have. Like well, we got a message from our editor Luke Jackson. Hey, can you do some NBA uh, playoffs futures for me? And I'm like, I, uh, I don't, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> like I have no idea who's winning this thing at this point. Talk about me adding something else to it. I, I got that same text or yeah. email or whatever. And I, like, I, I think now that you're saying it, I'm like, I don't believe I ever responded to that, which makes me somewhat of a jackass. Oh, but, oh, oh it's not um, just, I work, I, this is my, they, they pay my insurance here and I haven't responded to it yet. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, no, here's what I'll say is uh, like, I do think the Suns are the best team in the West. They have, have they played long enough together to, you know, to kind of have everything come to fruition Maybe not. They need to stay away from injuries. I know that much. But uh, but I do think they're the best team. I think people are going to be screaming about what they saw from Kenny Lofton Jr. Like, all of a sudden, he's going to slide in and take Stephen Adams' place. They got this kid, the yeah. Memphis Grizzlies do, got yeah. this kid in the, uh, you know, from the G League, and they sign him to a deal so he can play the same way that the Lakers signed Tristan Thompson because they needed a backup body big, and, and LeBron trust him. And maybe they fathered kids together. I don't know. But – the fact of the matter is, like when you look at the way that the NBA playoffs are set up, I think the Suns are in a great spot, and I think I'm going to go out on a limb and take the Sixers and say they get it done this year and win it all. Okay. Um, I like Sixers and Suns, so I'm, I'm getting a little different because I love this Celtics team. They went all the way last year. I, I love the Bucks, um, but ultimately, at some point, you feel like something has to give, and I'd love to see James Harden and, and Joel Embiid get there, um, but I'll go Suns and Sixers and say Sixers and Seven. All right, I like that uh, because the Suns would be there, but I don't like the response. I don't like the result. That would make me very angry if that ended up being the case. Yeah. I mean, I do think. Look, this is me being bullish and being a bit of a contrarian because I do think they're somewhat of a live dog and one of the better teams. Yep. But honestly, like it, the the Suns, the Suns are, the Suns have more talent or as much talent as anybody uh, out there, and they've been through this process before. Just need everybody to stay healthy. That's it. Um, my God, I, like if there would be as a Suns fan, if they don't win a title this year, I'm absolutely going to be all of it. Because at some point, th- this Chris Paul thing can't last forever. And look, if you come back without Chris Paul, you're going to be fine. You, you still have plenty mm-hmm. there. But the Chris Paul factor in all of this, like we watched this where Steve Nash was still effective a little bit late in his career. And the Suns made that run to the Western Conference Finals where he was coming off the bench and still giving them some minutes. And that was all well and good, but you could tell like it was ending. It was kind of now or never with him. And I'm not saying that yeah. you know the other three of them would be totally fine with every group of players you put around those three if you can keep those three dudes together. And you just never know with DeAndre Ayton at what point he might just decide he doesn't want to be a part of it any longer. But I don't know, man. Like There's something about Chris Paul and him being a closer and him coming on in those moments where the game matters – that this feels kind of like maybe their only chance to, that it's it's kind of not now or never, but like now is definitely the best chance that you might have. Yeah. And, and like, for example, when you're talking about like me picking the, um, the Sixers, is just trying to find somebody with decent odds that I think can win it all. And um, like, I am bullish on them. I've liked the way they played, but they've been vastly inconsistent where when the Suns are healthy, along with the Grizzlies and, maybe the Celtics and Bucks, I'd put them in there as the most consistent teams that, you know, they can win a high scoring game. They can win a low scoring defensive minded game. 
you know, and, and I think we see more of that in the postseason. They said this year in the NBA, since like 1970 or something, this is the first year that they didn't have a team score below 80 points in a game. Um, you, you might see some of that in the playoffs when these teams are, it gets a little bit more defensive minded and half uh, more set. Uh, so yeah. Maybe yeah. you see that. Yeah, I'm not really all in for like the old Pistons Spurs matchups. <laughs> I'm not really. You want an eight? Oh. You want an 84-76 game? God, yeah. wasn't there what the game when Tim Duncan the the Lakers Spurs game when Tim Duncan hit the shot with like four tenths of a second left, and then Derek Fisher hit the winner at the buzzer? Wasn't oh, that yeah. like a 74-73? Like it was something. It was a college basketball esque final. Yeah, that game was so amazing because they couldn't make anything, or you could say it was great defense. Right, and then down in the stretch, we see two crazy ass shots Insane. go in. And not that Duncan's is that crazy, but you know it's at the buzzer. So Dun- Duncan, I swear to God, it was exactly point four, which is like the yep. number. That's the I believe in basketball. If it's less than point four, they tell you it can't be a shot. Like it, there has yeah. to be point four left in order for it to legally be a shot. Duncan hits what should. Oh my God, it was seven. It was exactly seventy four, yep. seventy three. That's exactly what I said, wasn't it? It was. I, yeah, that's oh, bonkers. Yeah, 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 it was. That's bonkers. <laughs> bonkers but but the other the other thing with that too glenn is like you know i don't agree with that in the nba where it's like uh you need at least point four to get a shot off i think you need way more than that I, oh yeah but oh, there, I, there's oh, a human dude. error oh, there yeah. because the, the person with the button's got to hit it as soon as correct. it touches your hand correct so if you're turning and catching how is that not more than we've all done radio if you deleted one of your breaths yes. in a commercial to make yes. it a fact you know fact. you know what i mean like th- there's no way there's me taking a breath in does not take the same amount of time for someone to catch a ball, turn, and shoot it. Nope, so. but that's the rule they've set up in the basketball, and it makes for games to be more compelling in the final second. So Absolutely. I'm, I'm yep. not sure that I want it to change. Hey, I'm, I'm, if I'm remembering correctly, you're not caught up on succession, right? No, I'm not. Oh, boy. Oh, I man. did see Brian Cox and uh, singing uh, the Spice Girls in the car with, uh, what's the other guy's name? Oh. Alan uh, Cummings. Oh, I, I have not seen yep. that. Wait. Oh yeah, he said he was a closet Spice Girls fan. Oh, I do. They're I singing do "Tell that. Me What You Want." Oh, I'm all yeah, in on so, that. Uh, big night, check that out. big night last night on Succession. That's all. Really? I, oh, a real Jeremy. A really. I have to catch up before somebody ruins big it for me. night. Like a I I just finally literally last night was the night I got caught up. <laughs> like it just happened to work out that way, Wait. and oh my. god. God, was it? A you know what's funny? I I asked Rob this morning off the air, and I said, "Hey, man, is there was there a show last night that we all missed? Because yeah, I, I, like, are you watching anything? Because all of my Sunday night shows ended, dude, and I have to catch up on Succession. Somebody said, "Don't talk to me for at least three hours. I need some time to process." And, yeah, it's um, I'm yeah. I'm mind blowing episode of Succession last night. Get caught up. We I would like to discuss it. Mind okay. Th- things got extraordinarily interesting. Last night on Succession. That's all. I, my God, I'm really angry that you can't talk about it. I'm really angry that we can't. Have Are you liking Ted Lasso? Um, yeah, I'm still. You know, it's funny. Like, like Drew was who like fell in love with Ted Lasso. I think last month um, was saying to me last week that he wasn't as in on this season. I think it's been really been fascinating. Really yeah, I mean, like, yeah. I, I think they've gone a little too over the top a couple times this season. Like, I'm gonna uh, here's a really mm-hmm. nitpicky thing for me this this season. Ted Lasso has now been the coach of a premier of a of an of a, you know a, a real team that's now in the Premier League for three years, and they still are doing the bit where they're pretending like he doesn't know anything at all about soccer. Like in the first yeah. episode of the season, where he's like, "I'm not even sure what that is." 
Like, dude, he's been the coach now for three years. We at some who's point. Zava? We, or we have, yeah, we have to. Exa- oh my, it's exactly what he doesn't know who Zava is. Yeah, How? The, the, in their storyline, the greatest player in the history of soccer. Yes, that works which, in season one. In season one, you can do that. In season three, come on, he's been living in London the entire time. You can't do that anymore. Yeah. Well, it's that's a bit. Yeah, that's that's a bit of a stretch on some of it. My wife and I started watching Shrinking, and I can't. I've been so mad because she just worked like four days in a row, and I'm dying. Oh, you got it because you got to watch it with her. I understand that. You know the other thing that bothered me, like having. I'm assuming you watched last week's episode of Ted Lasso, right? Yes. Having that many players sent off in a match, like yeah, the thing you were attempting to accomplish with the match, you could have accomplished without going to pure theater of the absurd. Like I think the story. Exactly. The story can be better told if you're meeting legit. Like we all accept. Okay, it's it's you know this is a, a silly comedy. Like we know that there are things that are going to occur. It's kind of like accepting professional wrestling to some amount. But like you can find something closer to reality in order to make the same story work. And that those. You know who I blame for this? Who? Gene Hackman. Yeah. The Hoosiers. What the hell? You Gene can't say Hack- that my team's out there. You only have right. four guys out there. You no, lose. yeah. Put what another is, guy out there. Exactly right. There's no way that's going to work. Plus, I tried measuring the basket at Hinkle Fieldhouse. It wasn't 10 feet. 9 9. I wonder everybody was dunking on it. Did, did, anyway. did, did you ever hear the story of when Drew and I went to Hinkle Fieldhouse? And, like, an, he, I swear to God, at the end of the game, there are a group of kids that were lined up to, like, give the players high fives coming off the court. And Drew effing wandered down and snuck in with the kids so he could give Brad Stevens a high five. <laughs> Straight That's shoot. Great. Straight shoot thing that occurred. Oh. We, I looked around. I said, what the hell is Drew? And he didn't say, like, watch what I'm going to do. He didn't say, like, it wasn't for shtick. I had no idea where he was. I turn around and I see a grown man amongst a group of 30 children. <laughs> That have formed a tunnel <laughs> leading off the court, and he's high-fiving I, Brad Stevens. I saw him on Sunday run the bases. I, I, so, by the way, cool, that wouldn't surprise me at all, no doubt. All <laughs> right, what's coming up on this show this week, man? Well, today's Ed Norris's birthday. He's off oh. all this week, so it's Rob and I. All right. Yeah, so we'll be uh, leading in with all the Lamar talk, Orioles talk, and then on Friday, I think Ed and Rob are off, so oh. I believe I'm doing the show with Cordell. So. Oh, how about that? How Should about be good. That? Hey, brother. Uh, at JamieCom1057 on Twitter. Of course, picks every day, PressBoxOnline.com. Love you, man. We'll talk to you next Monday, all right? Love you, guys. I'll see you. Jeremy Kahn, the Big Bad Morning Show on 105.7 The Fan with us here on GC. Yeah, in Ted Lasso's defense, I didn't know who Zava was before that episode Thank started you, either. Thank you, Griffin. So. That's a great point. I mean, you didn't even. Dude, it's just the, those things. I shouldn't care because they're not germane to the story, but like. They're playing with emotion, all right? That's No, it's not. Like, it, all you got to do is say something like, I've heard of him, but what's his story? Like, you know, there's a way to still do something within the realm of reality that conveys the same thing you're attempting to convey, which is that Ted Lasso doesn't really know Zava. He's he's heard of him, but he's not really sure. Like, the idea that he is a coach for three years and hasn't heard He's of so the focused play. on Eng- on England in the Premier yeah, League. He's what, not paying attention to that's, Serie A that's or what Bundesliga or, yeah, you know, that's, that's what it is. the Saudi Arabian it's, it's League. It's just not necessary 
to go that far with it. And that was what I felt about the match last week. Like, I got what you were trying to do to some extent. I understand what you were trying it's to do. It's going to set up a great rematch. I understand that that's <laughs> part of the story. I get all of that. But that's such an absurdity that I don't think it needed to go as far as it did. I understand. I'm nitpicking Ted Lasso. I also understand that's probably on me. Stan the Fan uh, is going to be back in action tonight. Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports. As he and Ross Grimsley will catch up with author Lee Lowenfish. He's got a book out about a, the kind of the death of the scout within baseball. And they're going to chat with him about it tonight. Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports. If you miss it live, you'll be able to see it tomorrow. YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline. Or PressBoxOnline.com slash video. Um, so make sure you are checking that out as Stan the Fan and Ross Grimsley are with you tonight. Obviously, the, the good news for the Orioles, we haven't really been able to talk much about them this morning. Hopefully by tomorrow, they'll have won a game tonight. Kyle Gibson will improve to 3-0, and and we'll have no reason to complain about the last couple of days after a really great opening day win. We were all feeling so great leaving the ballpark on Friday. and. <laughs> Not a great weekend to follow that. Adley hit a homer. Yes, that is true. That did happen. The Kyle Stowers thing. Yeah. I you're gonna have to Yeah. You're gonna have to miss me with that one, dog. I don't get it. Joining us now. Let's find out a little bit more. I've talked about the fact that, you know, those those two largely down seasons for Odell Beckham. That the story to me is not just the injury. It's that for the most part there were two down seasons for Odell Beckham ahead of that. So I think it would be easy for a lot of people to say he was a player on the decline, and he's coming off a significant injury. But there was a blip in there when he arrived in L.A. two years ago where maybe he didn't look like prime Odell Beckham, but he sure as hell looked like a helpful piece that could do a lot for the Baltimore Ravens if they can get that guy. So how did that happen? Friend of ours, Super Bowl champion, and part of the broadcast crew for the L.A. Rams he is our guy, DeMarco Farr, and he's back with us now here on GCR. DeMarco, it's Glenn in Baltimore. It's always great to catch up, man. Hope you and your family had a great Easter weekend. Thank you for taking the time for us. Oh, no worries. We did. Great Easter weekend. Awesome. Uh, found a lot of Easter eggs and made it to every house on time. How about Ooh, that? Boy, now that is an upset and a half because I will tell you, we hosted <laughs> Easter this year, DeMarco, and my family did not do that. There was really? not a lot of on-time involved. <laughs> That is cool. Well, we got lucky. We got lucky. It wasn't for lack of trying, but we made it on time. And (laughs) I I say this all the time. I don't really care. It's about seeing everybody. If you're late, you're late. So what? It's just good to see you. It's good to get together. That's all that matters to me. So it it was a nice weekend for us, too. And my kids, like yours, my God, did they find all of the Easter. All of the Easter eggs. And yet still. All the ones with the candy. The uh, ones I don't want you to have, you no. found. And then still asked for a chocolate. <laughs> At the end of the day, they're like, oh, can we still get a chocolate bunny? I'm like, why? You've got it. Wow. Oh, it's a whole God bless you. Whole God bless thing. you. That's all I can say. De- DeMarco, <laughs> take, take me back, right? Uh, Odell Beckham arrives in L.A. He had been a struggle for the better part of two seasons for him in Cleveland. What happened? What clicked that particularly in those playoffs, Odell Beckham looked like a dude anyone would want to have and was a real difference maker after they were genuine questions like when when Odell Beckham became available that year remember people in Baltimore being like you know I'm not sure that I want that guy like I'm not sure that's the guy that's worth it what clicked to make it work in LA when he was there 
Uh, the football answer to me was Matthew Stafford. Okay. Um, having a quarterback that can get you the football and just has a feel for the passing game. So uh, I think he got to open up a little bit. I mean, you could tell uh, every receiver that plays with a guy like Matthew Stafford, the guys I've seen, uh, they really enjoy playing because it's the game within the game. It's not just X's and O's. Let's run here. I'll throw you here. It's uh, it, it's little things like he's being a point guard. Throw it here or I'll throw it up here. Or you can go get it. So um, I thought that creativity with Matthew Stafford really brought out the best in him. And I'll be honest, man, when they made that move, um, I went in like a fan. I didn't know him. Um, I only see him, seen him from afar or what I read about him. I went in with the, with the intent on hating him. Hmm. Within a few days, you love this guy. He really? works hard at it. He loves the game of football. Now, the off-the-field stuff comes with it. He likes to go out. He likes to be known. He likes to be seen. But when he's on the field working with his teammates or in a game-time situation, he is all about ball. He is all about winning. So, like I said, I went in wanting to hate the guy. By, by the time the Super Bowl rolled around, I wound up loving the dude. So and if he doesn't get hurt in that game, he's probably going to be the MVP. Oh, man, he was off to a – no question. He was off to a great start. And he was great all throughout those playoffs. It, DeMarco, it's interesting you say that because it was one of the questions that I was posing today. As far as being a teammate, like it, despite the fact that he is a kind of superstar, that he is a pop culture figure, um, you, you're telling me that he is a guy that is respected and appreciated and, and loved by his teammates. Oh, absolutely. Uh, look, um, when you get dap and love from Aaron, uh, Aaron Donald, and Aaron's a very humble guy. He's very quiet. He's a locker, he's a, he's a, a locker room leader. Like He's not going to show you out in public. Until, unless he has to, but he is a guy in the locker room that everybody respects. And, you know, he daps up OBJ. So that means a lot to me. That means a lot to all the young players watching. And then you've got guys like Jalen Ramsey, who, who might be the, the fiercest football player I've ever been around, uh, regardless of position. And he's the guy that shows respect and shows love. And not because of your celebrity status. It's because of how you work. Uh, same with Aaron. It's because of how you work. Not who you are or who you hang out with or who's on your Instagram account. It's how you work that impresses those guys. So uh, when they show you respect, I think everyone else that puts on a uniform or covers the game should show them respect. So, But just from my eye, watching this guy go about his business, either pregame or on the practice field, he works uh, hard or harder than most people I've ever seen in the National Football League. So, like I said, uh, my first impression, wanting to hate. But when I saw him, I'm like, ah, man, I think I like this guy. Let me let me go back to something, DeMarco, because at that time, again, it sounds like what you're saying to me is it, it probably isn't so much that Odell Beckham was on the decline at that point in his career and just that maybe he was in a disastrous situation in Cleveland and that he needed to be in a better situation because the skill, the talent was all very much still there the moment that you got him away from the mess that was the Browns at that point. Oh, yeah, and uh, dare I say better quarterback. Yeah. Um, yeah. Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers makes receivers, right? When they leave Green Bay or leave Aaron Rodgers, they're not the same. So I would say the same works in reverse. So if you have a quarterback, and, you know, it was, it was interesting seeing Baker Mayfield up close, uh, watching him from afar, reading everything about him, watching him on Sundays, and then seeing him up close. I love everything about him, except for when the ball leaves his hand for the most part. Um, so I can see how that might hamstring receivers, yeah. especially when there's a lack of creativity. So, But with Matthew Stafford, a guy that, like I said, he's got a whip, a world-class whip. He can get it to anywhere, and he plays the game above the game. That excites receivers. So I think what I saw was, was building to the best OBJ we had ever seen until he got hurt. 
is there reason to believe? And again, we we still don't know. You know, coming off the injury, he's got to show that that everything's fine. But it's been over a year, and will be you know a damn near you know two years by the point that he actually takes the field this season. If he's healthy, is there reason to believe that with a more competent quarterback? And you'd say whatever you want about Lamar Jackson. I I think we would all say Lamar Jackson is definitively better than Baker Mayfield. Um, and I, well, I think very highly of Lamar Jackson personally, but I'm, I'm willing, I think there can be opinions that can be reasonable within there. Um, but then combine him with the Todd Munkin offense where he succeeded significantly in Cleveland before Todd Munkin moved on. And then it was more of a mess. Is there reason for you to think that this could work and that Odell Beckham could be a solid pickup for a Baltimore Ravens team as long as they have Lamar Jackson on the field? I'm sure if you use him properly and you have the right sort of offense and the right guy to get him the football, then, you know, he can be very effective. He's, he's a dangerous weapon. Now I got to be honest. I, it did raise my eyebrow. Like why Baltimore Yeah. Uh, quarterback situation in flux. Um, you would think the offense doesn't fit what old Odell Beckham jr. Can do or vice versa. So I, I don't know how that's going to work. Uh, I'll be uh, just as curious as everyone else to see if that works and how it works out. But I'll tell you this from, a receiver standpoint. And the, the thing that also got me about OBJ is he's bigger than you think. I thought he was a little guy. Uh, he's, he's, he's not very tall, but he's a thick dude. Um, so he reminds me of what's that guy from new England. Uh, Oh my God. I Julian can't remember Edelman? his name. Julian Edelman. I mean, same thing. He looks small on TV. Then yeah. you get up close to him. You got, this guy's got a running back's lower body. Same with OBJ. And he's got these long arms. So um, he's a freak of an athlete. If you can find a way to use him properly, you're going to get production out of him. It just raised my eyebrow with Baltimore considering what's going on with their quarterback. Well, it's, it's interesting, right, because then we see the pictures of them partying last night together, so it really does make you believe that they think that they're going to be teammates together in Baltimore this season. Obviously, something still has to happen, but I, it, it's, it would be weird to me that Lamar Jackson would go out clubbing with Odell Beckham last night in Miami if it's not because they're not confident they're going to be teammates together this season. And again, the Todd Monken factor is real because I, you know, to your previous point with the last offensive coordinator in Baltimore with Greg Roman, I would probably say the same thing. Like I don't really see the fit here, but given the success that Todd Monken had with Odell Beckham, given the fact that he wanted him back at that point, it really does maybe also make a statement to me that like the Ravens are not going to be as hell bent about running the ball as much as they have been in the past, that, that it might be their acknowledgement that it's time to perhaps open things up a little bit more. Well, it's funny. It puts more pressure on Lamar uh, because if it doesn't work, it's all going to point to him. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's fair. Uh, so it is what it is. And a couple of years ago, this is also what raised an eyebrow. Um, I did not forget. It seems like there were receivers jumping ship because they didn't want to play in that offense or yep. Yep. with a quarterback like Lamar or something like that. But then you get OBJ. So if it works out, great. If it doesn't, like I said, more pressure on Lamar. That is an interesting way of looking at it, that it's probably the most competent group of uh, playmakers that he's had around him. So, like, you know, hey, dude, go show it, right? And like, go, especially, if it's oh, no just, especially if it's just him playing on the franchise tag this season and not having a long-term deal done yet, like, that this becomes a, hey, bro, this is all on you. Go, go, go show it. You do it, I think there's going to be a lot of teams that will line up to give you the money that you want um, at this point. Well, let me but, say this. Sitting on an NFL sideline, there have been two guys that blew past me um, that what I, I felt the speed. One was Alvin Kamara. He blew past me so fast, I felt the wind. And the other guy was Lamar Jackson. Yeah, um, I said, this should not be a quarterback. This is unbelievable. This is unfair. So, 
Uh, if you can find a way to keep him healthy, let him play his game and get the passing game going with these elite weapons, uh, everyone else has a problem in the AFC and in the NFL. Hey, DeMarco, before I let you go, where exactly are the Rams at this point? Like, you know, whatever the answer is, they want a Super Bowl, so who the hell cares, right? Like, and I, and I really mean that. Like, wh- whatever the cost is of that, you, you do it because you want a Super Bowl, and that's the point of all of this. But, you know, there were rumors swirling about them being interested in moving on from Matt Stafford, and obviously they don't really have the picks at this point to add in a whole lot of high-level guys. Like, where are the Rams? Is there still a belief that, like, hey – yeah, but we still have Matt Stafford, we still have Cooper Cup, we still have Aaron. Like, the window is very much still open for L.A., even if they're starting to have to pay the penalty for some of the moves they made. Uh, I'd say next frame. You ever bowl? Yes. Uh, you, you have a bad frame, you leave a few pins out there, and then the machine comes out and wipes the pins off and gives you a fresh set? Yeah. That's where they're at. Uh, you've got, you, you still have Sean McVay, one of the best innovators, offensive genius, which means he's a defensive genius. He knows what you're doing. You still have him. You have Cooper Cup coming back who's healthy and Aaron Donald on the opposite side. Yep. So uh, you've got some pieces. Um, it, it's not the end of the world. but And Matthew Stafford. Don't let me get the, forget about him. Yep. Uh, that's the most important piece. So you still have a lot of good weapons. You're just going to have to build and start from scratch with those all or those superstars around your football team. Uh, by the way, that's not a bad place. If that's, if that's your floor, that's not a bad floor to have. Like, there are exactly. a lot of teams – that are in worse situations than having those dudes on the field. At DeMarcoFar1 on Twitter is how you follow him. DeMarco, is there anything I can plug for you, my friends? Uh, no, we just did Easter. All good. Hey, Amen. And uh, wish my softball team luck. Good. How about that? We're uh, in the playoffs. Wait, wait. Like, are you playing softball or are you coaching softball? No, my daughter. She's uh, daughter, it's AU, 800. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Good luck. What's the name of the team? Uh, snow Cones. Snow, go Snow Cones. We are big Snow Cone guys around here. We have, we're going to From we, here to Baltimore, baby. From here go. to Baltimore. The love is there. <laughs> DeMarco, appreciate you, man. Thanks for hopping on with us for a couple minutes this morning. Always enjoy our conversations. No problem. Anytime, man. Talk to you soon. DeMarco Farr, uh, part of the Rams radio broadcast team, obviously a Super Bowl champion in uh, St. Louis. And, you know, some interesting stuff in there about Odell Beckham, the teammate. We've been attempting to reach out to a couple of guys who had played with Odell Beckham in the past this morning or coached Odell Beckham. And, you know, unfortunately, it's a Monday morning after a holiday. Like, we kind of knew that we might be struggling to to track everybody down this morning. But, um, you know, there's there's some real positive things in there. And clearly, Lamar Jackson likes the guy. (laughs) Like, that part matters as long as Lamar Jackson is the quarterback, which, again, I think there's a 90% chance of at this point. But... Some a lot of things in there from that conversation that you can take as positives. Again, we still need to see. Like it, Demarco Farr is more inclined to say it wasn't that Odell Beckham was on the decline at that point in his career. It's that Odell Beckham was in a disastrous situation, and once you got him out of that, he could be Odell Beckham. At least that version of Odell Beckham, you know, the 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 eighth year in your NFL career version of Odell Beckham at that point. Now the Ravens are trying to get the 10th-year version of Odell Beckham, which, again, I said earlier, even a marginalized version of Odell Beckham is still an upgrade on what the Ravens have been getting at that position. I'll take the 10th-year version of Odell Beckham. I don't think I'm getting the second-year version of Odell Beckham. Of course, Odell Beckham was such a revelation when he began his career because 
you know, he was it, it didn't yeah. take him any time. As a rookie, he was already a superstar. I don't think that guy's showing up again. But the tenth year version of that, I still think can be helpful. And DeMarco Farr, based on what they saw in that postseason from Odell Beckham, is also of the belief that that guy can be helpful. Mm-hmm. And I'll take that. That's all I need right now is helpful. Yeah. I, and that, to me, goes back to it should damn well should not change your draft strategy. I don't need helpful in the draft. I need game changer if that guy is to be had. I'll take a game changer in another position. I just need game changers. I need true difference makers. Yeah. I, I, I'm just really excited because, I mean, this this is really, I feel like this is like the, the best news that Ravens, that the Ravens have had and the Ravens fans have gotten in almost like six months, like since November when they yeah, were we winning it's games. It's just kind of all been downhill from yes. there. Yeah. I, I hear you, but I'd still, I just want to measure that. Right. right. Yes. I, I get that. I, I, I mean, have said for a long time, we are very guilty in this city of, we've heard of person celebrating Vladimir Guerrero signing with the Orioles or Jim Tomey being traded for because we've heard of them. We are very guilty of that, that, like, we've heard of you, so you're a big deal. I remember there was an—I couldn't tell you what year it was. I can't believe I remembered all the details of the Derek Fisher, Tim Duncan. Jesus Christ. We'll clip it. We'll clip it later. 74-73. It's this horrible basketball game, and yet it's remembered eternally. No, Defense. Yeah, sure. Come on. Yeah, a little bit of that. There but, was there was a little bit of defense involved. Yeah. Um, but my point being, we are there was an off season where the Ravens signed Walt Harris, Ken Hamlin, Mark Bulger, and Shane Graham later in the off season. Like they all they were dominoes that fell within like days of each other. And I just remember Drew and I doing a show one morning and like everybody calling in like, well, this proves the Ravens are all in or they're trying. And I was like. Because you've heard of these guys? Because you've heard of Mark Bulger, who, again, wasn't going to be the quarterback, was the backup quarterback to Joe Flacco. I believe of the four of them, like one ever even played in Baltimore. One of Ken Hamlin or Walt Harris like took a snap. But Walt Harris had been a pro bowler, I want to say. Ken Hamlin had been with the Cowboys, so he was well-known. Shane Graham was a qualified kicker that couldn't win the job against, I want to say, Steve Hauschka. I believe Steve Hauschka beat him out for the job, if I remember correctly. Professional kicker. Uh, and he did end up having a hell of a career. You're right. It, honest, it's the funny part, right? Steve Hauschka was cut by the Ravens yeah. after he missed that kick in Minnesota, um, but went on to have a, a good career. Well, the Ravens found a great kicker afterwards, Billy Cundiff. Yeah, he was great for he was people forget that he was he was nails for the first season and now he's he really most, wasn't. <laughs> now he's one of the most hated men in Baltimore sports history. Um but I just remember those phone calls that week and like yeah. losing my mind on the air, like, like screaming. Yeah. This this is what you think changes? Now they're trying to win a Super Bowl? Yeah, I mean this <laughs> I mean, I do. I, I understand. I need to be measured, but it is really. I mean, this is a guy like I. I he was on my phone case when I was in high school, I, and I, like, I think we're guilty of that. Yeah. Des Bryant was on people's phone case. Like there are other guys the Ravens have brought in. Like I don't know if you remember, Deshaun Jackson yeah. was a superstar in the league. We got to remember that we got to be fair about it. I what I'm giving is that I think it's more possible that Odell Beckham has 
something quality left to give the Ravens than it was with Des Bryant or it was with Deshaun Jackson, who were literally past retirement by the time they ended up joining the Ravens. I think it's it's a better signing than those signings were. I'm not trying to say it, but we do have to be measured in how we look at it. We are getting the 10-year-in version of Odell Beckham. I, if you are believing that Odell Beckham is going to be you know, this guy again... We should all attempt to yeah. do our Odell Beckham catch. I gotta find my old phone all, case and see if I can. We should all. I'm telling. You, we should go over to like the trampoline park because they got a big blob at the trampoline right. park, and we should all attempt to do Odell Beckham. Like the we should turn that into a contest of some sort. Um, if that's the guy you think is showing up here, I think you're setting yourself up for major disappointment. Mm-hmm. If I, the Ravens believe that's right, what they're it, getting, that's that's kind of what I'm. Yeah. I, the other thing is that you know he was supposed to meet with New York today, and the Ravens said, yep. "No, you're not. Yep. You're, we're yep. we're, we're going to figure this whatever out. Whatever the number is, we're going to make it." I happen. mean that that excites me too. If the, I mean, it comes back to that. I mean, you know, we would say in Aussie we trust. If the Ravens really believe that this guy still has something left to offer, but that's there's a big difference between has something left to yeah. offer and they for the first time want to put together a four to five man wide receiver core. Like I don't yeah. know how they if they still believe that Duvernay is a factor. They still think they can get something out of Prochet, whatever it is, and they're willing to draft another wide receiver on top of that, and they want to put together a real wide receiver room, which is something that's never existed in Baltimore. Ravens have been able to have two. That's been the limit, and even that has been fleeting. We There has been a strict policy in Baltimore. You may have two wide receivers. They had three one year, and they won the Super Bowl. Even that was sort of a fluke. They had two in a returner who proved to be more helpful as a receiver that year than anybody could have ever expected. But going into the year, they didn't put together three wide receivers. They had two wide receivers and a return man. It turned out that return man was super helpful at wide receiver that year. It just nobody could have seen it coming. You mentioned that's the other biggest news is that you know James Prochet won't have to wear number three anymore. So that's that's get out. Stop. Thank God. Stop. That's the best. That's the best news really from yesterday. It's very silly. Now you're just being a silly, silly goose. Very silly goose over here, this Griffin. Um, All right, we've done all the Odell Beckham today. We'll still talk Odell Beckham throughout the course of the week, and obviously that's, you know, that's a big story. That's the way that it goes. I was preparing to send Griffin a list of other things to work on for this week, and instead I scratched that and said, let's do nothing but Odell Beckham on Monday. And Ken Francis, of course, which was planned ahead of time. Today's show also brought to you by Birdland Sports. Oh, do we? Uh, we need a winner from last week. We, uh, yes, I, I have them. I All need right, to message. Very them. good. Yeah, you need to message. I do. I do need to message. All right, we're, we're five busy. days behind on that. I understand. That's, I understand. That's not. I mean, it needs. It needs to get done. Get the birdlandsports.com. Take advantage of all of the very cool T-shirt offers they have. I know, you know, four and five, it don't feel great right now. But if you're still bullish, get this 2023 World Series Champions T-shirt. That one is. Oh, in fact, if you're that bullish, you can get it for 10 bucks right Whoa. now at birdlandsports.com. On sale for $10. This T-shirt right here in my hands is available for 10 bucks at birdlandsports.com. So go get it right now. Price is better than the big guys. Quality remains the same, and a lot of really cool concepts available at birdlandsports.com. We'll come back in. We'll get a tidbit and tube that will wind it down for a Monday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. 
Harford Community College in Bel Air, Maryland, along with the National Junior College Athletic Association's Region 20, will host the 2023 NJCAA Men's Lacrosse National Championship May 13th and 14th at Harford Sports Complex, 401 Thomas Run Road in Bel Air. Semifinals are on Saturday, May 13th. The National Championship is Sunday, May 14th. Catch the action for $10 each day. Tickets will be available in advance or at the gate on game day. Qualifying teams will be announced. What air conditioning company can save 50% of your energy cost and qualify you for up to $7,500 in rebates? A.J. Michaels. We do more, we do it better for less. In Baltimore and Annapolis, ajmichaels.com. The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Luke Jackson profiles Orioles phenom Gunnar Henderson, breaking down how he was able to become the top prospect in baseball at such a young age and what could be next in his first full MLB season. Also inside, we meet lacrosse players from the men's and women's college programs across the state, and Bo Smoka breaks down another year wide receiver issues for the Ravens. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com That first sip That first bite Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Stan the Fan here, welcoming back one of my favorite sponsors, the Costas Inn. And everybody around Baltimore knows the Costas Inn is a great place to go and grab crabs, steaks, salads, soups, whatever's on your mind to eat in person. But did you know that the Costas Inn has upped their game? They are now one of the premier takeout places in Baltimore. Give them a call now to order your food, 410-477-1975. That's the Costas Inn, over 4100 North Point Boulevard. Make the most out of every day in your Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. Check out PressBoxOnline.com every day to find daily winners and betting advice from Jeremy Kahn. And if you want some advice about life decisions that you probably shouldn't make, here's Glenn Clark. All right, winding down for a Monday edition of the program, PressBoxOnline.com slash offers. Baseball season, I can't believe, every time I read this, I say to myself, that's not right, is it? Because it feels like we've been able to bet on sports. No, this is the first time ever that you can bet on your phone. And, in fact, I did it on Friday when uh, when we got to the game. I was hanging out with uh, Rita and her boyfriend and our friend Cordell from 105.7 The Fan. And uh, Rita's boyfriend. Just betting every pitch? Rita's boyfriend is a Yankees fan. Oh, my God. And I really like You him, sat with which him? Which is the problem. That's the problem. I really like her boyfriend a lot. Like, we're very cool. He's a great dude. Everybody, you know, he's been out to some of our events. He's just a wonderful person. But he's a Yankees fan. <laughs> and he looked at me before the game began, and he was like, bro, you, you, you bet anything today? I was like, no, I haven't. But I, I'm always interested. <laughs> he said... Yo, just do a straight money line bet on the Orioles. Just do that. And I was like, yeah? Well, why? He said, you ever seen Clark Schmidt? <laughs> I said, have not. <laughs> he said, trust me. 
Do a straight money line bet on the Orioles. Got a little hairy there. Got yeah. a little hairy for a minute. But for the first time ever, I was able to win a bet on my baseball. phone right. betting baseball because that is available. Um, so many great offers, incentives are available at PressBoxOnline.com slash offers. You can get up to $1,000 in a deposit bonus match plus a $50 free bet from DraftKings. But you can only do it by going to PressBoxOnline.com slash offers. You have to go to that link and then click on the DraftKings logo, and that will get you there. Again, PressBoxOnline.com slash offers. All right. Is there anything that we didn't cover today that we need to cover before we get to the tidbit and tubular? Is there anything I that we didn't get into? I feel like we got pretty much. I mean, well, we didn't really. We didn't cover most things. I mean, like, I, I briefly said I'm, the, the cost hours thing is frustrating, oh, yeah. but, like, I don't really have anything else to say about it. Eh, I think that's. I think that we're good. Did we? Did we I'm trying to remember what we did on Friday. Oh, a lot of people were reacting to um, Dwayne Simpkins. Oh yeah, suggesting there could be a feeder program, <laughs> kind of between Maryland and American, which I enjoyed. We do know that Maryland needs another assistant coach because Grant Billmeyer left for NJIT. So we'll see how they go about filling that role. Nothing new on the transfer front. We didn't get any news this weekend either. On like the Dante well, Scott one is the really weird one, right? That like he hasn't announced anything at all. Like that's we're pretty deep in this process for him to not have announced. Unless he wants to, yeah, I don't know. I really, I don't. Like if you're just gonna explore the portal, like go explore the portal. You know what I mean? Like I don't. I, it's it's just odd to me. That's odd that we haven't. They did. Uh, they did land a transfer this right. weekend. Chance Stevens was his name from is it Loyola, Loyola Marymount, in California. Is supposed to be uh, an outside shooter, which I think if you watched last year, you know that Maryland needs more of those. Way more of that. Way more outside shooting. But I don't know that he's a lethal outside shooter. He's. I think he goes by Sniper, if I remember correctly. I saw that on really? his Instagram, and I was like, "All right, good. <laughs> that sounds good." But uh, he shot, yeah, he shot thirty-seven point four percent from three-point land last season. That's I take very that. helpful. I take that. Yeah, in a heartbeat, I take that. So uh, we will see. Uh, it is weird. The more I think about it, the longer we've gone in this process without anybody saying anything about Dante Scott. <laughs> Nothing. Nothing. We don't know anything about it at all. All right, Tidbit is brought to you today by A.J. Michaels. Expert and award-winning A.J. Michaels heating, A.C., plumbing, and home performance will improve your home's energy efficiency and comfort levels. A.C. season is coming up fast. New rebates and discounts are available. More at ajmichaels.com. Uh, all right, so I'll start with the bit of a tidbit that I got for you. So okay. somebody uh, somebody had a Bam Adebayo. Hit, hit, hit a hit a Orioles Moneyline winner on oh, Friday. That, that was hey, you? This is me. you? This is about you? Me. Uh, Bam Adebayo, Jalen Brown. I think I, I think I won 20 bucks. <laughs> I wasn't really all that heavy on it. To uh, make the first basket in their respective matchups on, I think, Wednesday night or Thursday night last week. And then they also took a – and they added Brooks Kepka to win the Masters to this bet. Ah. Uh, which well, that's, that's it heartbreaking. Been, yes, it would have been uh, $5. Uh, they bet $5 to pay out like sixty k. Um, But, Glenn, they cashed out. Ah, God bless. They cashed out for like 15, 15K. Well right, right before Kepka blew Stole the lead. Stole that money, yeah. man. Stole it. Oh, that feels even better at that uh, point. John Robb did go on the win. He double bogeyed his the, his very first hole of the tournament. So yes. a four-putt double I, bogey. I did see that he blamed Zach Ertz. He did? Yes. What did Zach Ertz he do? He blamed Zach. Uh, apparently, Zach Ertz texted him before. Uh, the, apparently, Zach Ertz. And then J.J. Watt. They have like a group text, apparently. And Zach Ertz, right before the round began, texted him. 
something about oh god i gotta pull it up because right. the text was funny it was like looks like this was an e- looks like the first green is easy today or something <laughs> like that um and it's screwed hang on i'll pull up Could've jj won. here we go so the first text was from zach ertz let's have a day john start fast then jj watt text let's <laughs> go john fast. pretend you're playing with zach and i you'll set the course record zach ertz says first hole green looks like a walk in the park four putts four, four putts, putts. Um and uh, and uh, John Rom brought it up in the press conference mm. after winning the Masters yesterday. No thanks to Zach yes, Ertz. Correct. Uh, he became the second player ever to uh, to win the tournament after double bogeying their very first hole. He joins this man who won the tournament in 1952, Sam Snead. Okay, I mean, yeah. I actually, would have been high on the list of people that I would have guessed oh, for the record. Yeah, <laughs> Sam Snead uh, is who yeah. he joins. Uh, John Rom as he wins the Masters. Uh, Jordan Walker, the uh, the twenty year old phenom for uh, the Cardinals, is on a nice hit streak to begin his career. Nine games has a nine game hitting streak. Is tied for second best ever to start their career. How about that? Do you think you can name who he's tied with? Are you serious? Nineteen thirty nine. Oh, if you had said nineteen thirty nine, yeah. I definitely. It's Napla Joy. No, it's not Napla Joy. It's. Uh, is it somebody significant? It is somebody significant. Mickey Mantle. Not Mickey Mantle. Joe DiMaggio? No. Ted, no, yeah, Ted Williams. Yeah, yeah. Ted Williams. Yeah, Ted, Ted Williams. Williams. 1939. Yeah, DiMaggio would have been. My years are a little bit off on that. Since 1900. So he is chasing this man who has a who, who started their career with a 12-game hit streak at age 20 or younger. 1912, Eddie <laughs> no. Murphy. Oh, sure. Oh, before he did all those movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, looks... yeah, yeah. Before he was talking like Donkey. He's, sure. He, he set, <laughs> right. the, set the MLB record for uh, yeah, longest hit streak my, to start their career. That was exactly as a what I was thinking it was. Um, all right, and now the Ravens did add uh, Odell Beckham Jr. I'm going to use a tidbit. I think it was like the first tidbit I think I actually did. Um, and I wanted to, I want to see if you can name the, uh, the the best Ravens receiver in their first year with the team in terms of receiving yards. I want to so say Raven, something ra- random like Mike Wallace. Like uh, I want to say not Mike Wallace. In their first season with the team. I want to see if you can name the top ten guys, most yards in their first season with the Ravens. And Mike Wallace isn't in the top ten. He, oh, hold on, let me pull it up real quick. Mike Wallace was in the top ten. Yeah, yes, he had a thousand seventeen. Yeah, one of six receivers to uh, get a thousand yards in their I first. I can't year. believe there were six. Uh, Steve Smith. Steve Smith, number five on the list. Wallace at six. Steve Smith at five. Uh, Back in twenty fourteen. Proctor wants Bolden. Uh, Anquan Bolden did not uh, crack the top. Or yes, he did. Sorry, yeah, he, he, didn't he didn't have a thousand, thousand yards. I know he, he didn't, didn't have, have a thousand. thousand. He, he was number yes. eight. Number eight on this list. Eight hundred thirty-seven. Uh, does this include rookies or? Yes, it does. So Tory Smith, Tory Smith, right ahead of Bolden, eight forty-one the following year in twenty eleven. Uh, now, okay, how about the? So does this in- list include Michael Jackson and Derek Alexander? It does. That's I not, did include. It. You don't want to include it? We can. I mean, we can that, bump them like, off. well, you already made the list. They so would. They're both to. top three. Yes, yeah, so of course they would be, but they weren't actually new wide receivers. They had both played for the franchise the previous year. It's just that the team moved. Yeah. So that's so why cross them all. I'm, like you already put them on the list. I mean, I have the rest of the list, so I can. Okay, fine, it's fine. It's fine. Not Michael Jackson, then. No, it's fine. Michael he's Jackson, no, he's number one, twelve hundred. Yes, uh, and Derek Alexander. Derek Alexander had eleven hundred in yes. nineteen ninety six. So that's one and three right there. I can't believe there's someone Somebody else who had. Kadri. It is Kadri. Yeah. Kadri Ismail. 1105, 1999. It's, so, it's hilarious to me how people have, like, just because you don't associate those Ravens with offense, mm-hmm. like, people have so forgotten how good Kadri Ismail is. Also, because he's hung here and he's on TV and he's been, a, like, you, it's just easily forgotten how bloody good Kadri Ismail was. 
Uh, yeah, Proctor Mason would have been behind. Yeah, Mason. Mason is fourth on this list, 1,073, back so in just, 05. We're missing the last two. We are missing the last two. Yeah, so Hollywood Brown's a good guess. Let's go Hollywood, Hollywood Brown. Brown just outside of just the top outside. 10 here. He is 13th, 584 as a rookie. Uh, now i got to start thinking of random guys like Kevin Johnson. Not Kevin Johnson. Rashad Bateman. Not Rashad Bateman. Bateman had... Where is Bateman? He's not. He's not in the top ten. All right, uh, and they're all specifically wide receivers. Uh, no. <sighs> okay. Bateman had five fifteen. He's like in the like around twenty. How about how about Todd Heap? Uh, not Todd Heap. He got hurt, didn't he? Yeah. He yeah. He only had two hundred in two thousand one. Shannon Sharp. Shannon Sharp. He is ninth on this list. Eight ten in the year two thousand. Are there any other tight ends on the list? No. Is the last one. Last one's another wide receiver. Mm. Pretty random. Pretty I mean, random. Mark Clayton. Not Mark Clayton. Um, Clayton had four seventy one in 05. He's twenty first. How about? How about? It's pretty random. You said pretty random. It semi recent. Semi recent. Semi recent, but yet pretty random. Yeah, there was a. I don't, don't want to give it away yet. Semi recent <laughs> and pretty random. And how many yards? He had uh, 715 yards in his first year as a Raven. Willie Sneed? Not Willie Sneed. He had 651. He's 11th, though. Okay. Willie Sneed's 11th, right behind this guy. John Brown. John Brown had 715 yards and cracks the top 10 Smoke. most yards as their first year Smoke, as a Raven. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, and then uh, Michael Crabtree, the, the same wide receiver, the, the third wide receiver they brought in in that 2018 class, had 607. He's 12th on the list. How about that? All right, very good. And Mark yeah. Andrews had 552, also came in right. in 2018. Right. Rounds out the top 15. Tidbit was also brought to you today by the print issue of Pressbox, which is only available. This is the final week. Final week for this issue before it's gone. Daddy gone. The love is gone. Gunnar Henderson, uh, Henderson is on the cover. Go get it right now for free at your neighborhood Royal Farms. Tubular brought to you by your local Toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Tonight, Athletics Orioles, by the way, don't be caught off guard, 6.30, 6.35 for first pitch. I mean, games don't games be over around 9. Don't, don't, don't screw this up and say, oh, I tuned in at 7. 6.30, that's the new deal, I think, until school lets out. Um, once school lets out, I think they, they do go back to 7 o'clock. But until school lets out, 6.35, first pitch for tonight for the first time as the Orioles host the Athletics, J.P. Sears, and Kyle Gibson, the pitching matchup. Masson 2, Nationals Angels at 9.30, MLB Network, White Sox Twins at 2, Padres Mets at 7, NBC Sports Washington, Islanders Capitals at 7. The Capitals will not be making the playoffs this year. Uh, final week of the NHL regular season. ESPN Plus and Hulu for Maple Leafs Panthers at 7. ESPN, the WNBA draft. Of course, Diamond Miller will go very early in the WNBA draft. Uh, that's 7 o'clock. Who is? It's Aaliyah Boston will be the number one pick in the WNBA draft. I think there's thought that Diamond Miller could be number two. I think that's correct. I believe. Let me just uh, double. Yeah. 
Yeah, the, the currently ESPN.com's mock draft has Aaliyah Boston at one and Diamond Miller at number two. So um, I, I want to say there's somebody else. There's another relevant local player. Eh, whatever. That's a di- conversation for another day. Uh, but uh, Diamond Miller will go very early on. Oh, Taylor Mikesell, who played in Baltimore, or not in Baltimore, played at Maryland before she transferred to Ohio State, is expected. And Abby Myers, that's who I was trying to think uh, of. Abby Myers, Myers, also expected to go um, yeah, at, at tonight in, during the course of the WNBA draft. Again, 7 o'clock for the WNBA draft. It's on ESPN. Then they have Wild Blackhawks at 9. And the USA Network for WWE Mon- uh, Monday Night Raw at 8 o'clock. Some non-sports highlights? Really not a whole lot. Brian Cox will be on Colbert along with Kerry Russell. Quite significant after yeah. last night. Quite if significant. If you say so. Um, James Corden's going to have Brian Cranston and Brett Goldstein. Uh, from, uh, yeah, of course, from yes. From Roy Lasso. Kent. And then not Brian Cranston. He's not from yeah, Tampa, Brian. So, but yes, apparently he was at the Circa last week. I don't know. Okay, with with Aaron Paul. Like, I don't know. Oh, that's Saint. cool. Yeah. Wait, at the Circa? Yeah, at, at the like Circa. in Vegas? Yeah. Where Aaron works? Yeah. Well, why don't we do? I don't why know. Why don't you tell I, me that then? Well, I I I, I saw it. I like I looked up trying to look up why Brian Cranston's going on, and huh? that was the only that was the first thing that popped up. You know, I hung out with Aaron Paul once. I've told wow. that story a few times in New York. He why enjoyed. He didn't invite you. He and Kid Cuddy. Did the, did the show when they were promoting whatever terrible movie they were promoting? I mean, I, maybe Aaron Paul Kid Cudi had to be a good movie. Uh, I think it was Need. They did a, a film version of Need for Speed, if I remember correctly, was what it was. And they enjoyed it it's so much that Aaron Paul came back around later in the day because they were making their rounds. He yeah, grabbed Glenn me Clark in his life, and he was like, "Hey, bro, that was really great, man. Like, I, I, you know, I did all these all day. Yours was the most fun that I did all day." And I was like, "Wow, Aaron Paul, thank- <laughs> this was the dirty secret. I wasn't even watching." I didn't start Breaking Bad for like another couple of years after that, but like, you know, he was great. Love right? doing Breaking like, Bad. Yeah, he was. He was great. I mean, we just had fun, right? Yeah. And I was doing the show with uh, James Ahedigbo, the former Baltimore Raven. He had come up to co-host the show with me that week in New York for the Super Bowl. So like, they were all trying on his Super Bowl ring. Like, <laughs> it was just a fun. The whole thing was fun. And he said like to to James and I, if you guys don't have nothing going on tonight, we're gonna be at this rooftop. If you want to come over and hang out, and we were like. Okay, James Hedigo was like, and he he didn't watch Breaking Bad either, but <laughs> Kid Cudi was a big deal to him. So we're like, all right, we'll go over, like absolutely. So we went over, and we thought like they weren't gonna be there, like that we had got bamboozled. And then we got up there, and they were just literally sitting at a bar, like on a rooftop, and we hung out. We had a couple beers, and then we parted ways. I don't think that James did. I don't think he drank. Uh, I thought you said we then we partied hard. No, 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 no. I mean, it was it was nice. It was really cool. Like he was a re- he was awesome, man. Like I'm. I regret that I wasn't watching. Maybe it was better because maybe I would have been too fanboyish. Yeah, if right. I had been watching Breaking Bad at the time. But like he was a. This was when they were at the height. Yeah. Of their stardom, and it was also Kid Cudi, who's dope. You know what I mean? Like I love Kid Cudi, so it was great. It was really, really cool, man. It was one of my favorite experiences I've ever had. Uh, only other thing, Kimmel's gonna have Jeremy Renner and Metallica on. Wait, Jeremy Renner? So he's good? Like yeah, he's, yeah. Okay, he, well, he's got a new show coming out on Disney Plus. I think Wednesday. Okay. It's called Renovations. But is it about? No, no, it's not. Okay. It's like it's like a the, he. They're taking decommissioned uh, government vehicles and like building them up into All something right. cool well, and then donating them back to kids. That's a different thing altogether. But he's okay. Yeah, I mean, yeah, because he did that interview. That with was I know, last but week. like I didn't know if he was like fully okay. I mean, I guess just, we'll like, find out tonight. That's what I'm, comes out to. Right. Comes out to Kimmel. Everybody got to tune into Kimmel. All right, very good. I guess because he's doing a Disney Plus show, that's why he's done a bunch of ABC stuff. I guess yeah. that makes sense. All right, very good. Thanks today to uh, Ken Francis. Uh, You be the judge.
That's all I'll leave that with. Thanks also to DeMarco Farr, to Brian He's McFarland. holding something back. I don't yeah. think so. I don't think that's the case. I said some other things to Griffin off the air, but I'll choose to keep them off the air. Thanks to Jeremy Kahn. We'll get it all up in the greatest hits section of the... Oh, my God. It's so good. ...tab at glennclarkradio.com. Anything DeMarco Farr and... You, I said DeMarco Farr. Oh, you did? Farr. Okay. Yeah. Brian McFarland okay. and Jeremy Kahn. Yes, I said all that. Anything tomorrow? Uh, stuff and things. Okay. <laughs> all right. We'll see. Who knows? Thanks to everybody at PressBox, all of our great sponsors and partners, including A.J. Michaels, Glory Days Grill, Royal Farms, Costa Sin, Hartford Community College, Guilford Hall Brewery, Birdland Sports, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Griffin. Follow him on Twitter at Griffin underscore Bass. Follow us, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great Monday evening. Go Birds. Duke sucks. <laughs>